Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Whack. This is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. You're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 74 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics from my and I'm my coronavirus-free garage. Yes, and I'm Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia in my hopefully coronavirus-free house. He's across town once yeah. again, week number two, without seeing Jake's face. Dude, don't hate me, okay? Trying to be safe. But this episode's been a long time coming. We've been talking yeah. about having one Mr. James Lewis of Simply Serpents on the show. And tonight's about that time. night. Yeah. So there he is, of Simply Serpents and the Reptile Gumbo podcast. Yes. Or as Owen likes to say, that reptile thingy. That reptile that thingy. That reptile thingy. I like it. Every time he references it on NPR, he never gets the name right. I'm like, the damn dude's been on the show. <laughs> oh, man. Call Owen. Trying to, I'm trying to quietly eat my food. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Smitty? I had a bit of cigar leaf uh, oh. infiltrate my mouth. Nice. That's not the first thing to infiltrate your mouth. Yeah, here we go. Look at that. Not even two minutes in. First, uh, <laughs> <laughs> first shot has been fired. Uh, nothing but shots, bro. If you can't take the heat, get out the kitchen. Many of you will know James and his his work uh, with the many memes that have been made at me and Jake's expense. That is how I'm pretty sure that's how we met James. Is he sent us yeah. a meme trashing us both in some way, shape, or form? And uh, the, I'm pretty sure it was the papaya meme. Oh yeah, it was. I it think was it, yeah. One of many. Yeah, the papaya thing was big for a long time. It's died off, luckily. I mean, it'd be nice if you had a co-host that would say, "Hey, man, you're pronouncing that word wrong." Yeah, I know. That's, I'm done defending that's myself said. on the matter. That is what I said, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Finally got it right. Sad day. I bet Carly would do that for you. Or she I would. Guess, Car- I guess Carly is an angel. Yes, exactly. So, so Justin, you suck. False. But we already knew that, so. Yeah, true. True. Well, I mean... The memes that, that James have made got him a THP shirt because they were so it good. It did. I do love that shirt. <laughs> yeah, James is our James is our meme god. We, we expect it every episode now. We wait. Yeah. Usually within the first 24 hours, we can expect a meme in our inbox. The, the, he, you, you, you whacked off a little bit. We haven't, gotten have. one, we haven't gotten them regularly recently. Well, we also haven't really that. given him much to work with. Yeah, that, we, straight, and this, we straightened up a little bit. So. Well, this whole coronavirus thing has me behind on podcasts because I'm sitting at home, so I don't really listen to podcasts. I'm watching more like YouTube and binge-watching stuff. Mm-hmm. I but got I, you. I, I almost caught up. I'm, I'm like 30 minutes left of y'all's last podcast. Like your, your buddy oh. Joe Exotic, your boy? Oh, God. I have not watched it, and I refuse to. Dude, Dude no, come on. Dude, don't, I was the don't same be that way. guy. 
first I was minutes, too. I, I was, was like, like, I'm not going to watch right. it. I was like, but... I'm staying. Gotta no, I'm, I'm good. I, I We had uh, on our last podcast, we called April and had April explain it to us because she was the one person I knew that had seen it. So I just had her explain it on our podcast because neither Carly or I had slowed down to watch I'm it. I'm kind of amazed that Carly hasn't seen it. She's working. I mean, because she works in healthcare, so she's been working almost nonstop. That seems like something yeah. that would be right up her alley. That whole just no, she's gonna watch crazy it. story. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she will. She she can't. She probably won't be able to make it to the first episode before getting pissed off at the TV. Oh my god! Because that kind of stuff will anger her. No, I mean, yeah. it really, it really doesn't like. There's not a whole lot of I don't know how to word it. Like it's more about the people involved in the whole thing rather than the actual animals. Yeah, but if I want to see white trash, I can just like drive around in the country. I'm good. Yeah, but this is a, this is on another level, dude. <laughs> dude, you don't this know white like trash. Episode like of the Twilight this... Zone level. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take it. Look, I've learned everything I need to know by just looking at memes on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you probably get the gist of the entire story at this point, to be Rod, honest. He, he hates Carol Baskins. She fed her husband to a tiger. He's got two Rod gay husbands. Boom. Story. Whole story. But dude, the guy, one of the guy, one of like the main dudes in it, in it is from uh, from Beaufort. Is where we live. Are you he serious? Owned, yeah, he owned a uh, he owned a shop up the road. Beaufort Liquidation. Yeah, he plays a big role in that show. I mean, but. Honestly, the name of your town even sounds like it's got some white trash people in it. Dude, our town is white trash. That's yeah. That's like if easy. I was gonna name a, a country ass town in the south, Buford's probably gonna be it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I thought Sumter or Yemassee would be pretty, pretty. Oh, Yemassee's on a whole other level, dude. But Yemassee's like right there. It's like it butts up to Buford. Oh no, my my sister in law has a cousin whose name is, and I shit you not, Buford Buford. Really? Yes. Well then, that is interesting, <laughs> to, to say the least. Is that like his middle name and his first name, or his last name? I think, I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember if that's. All I know is that legally, his name is in some way, shape, or form, Buford. Buford. That's. You ever gotta wonder, I, like, when you have a baby. And you're gonna name it, and you're like, you got all these options, but you're like, I like the first name a lot. I'm just gonna repeat it. I've always said that every hospital needs to have a council, a naming council, and you don't get to leave with your child until they vote on the name, so that you don't get to leave with a stupid ass name. Because some people will name their child something because it's adorable when the child's six months old, not cute when they're sixty. Yeah. Or sixteen and angry. <laughs> so so i'll give you i'll give you an example of buford people there was uh this girl at a local high school here i didn't go to school with her but i knew somebody who did and her name was famali and she was named famali because the nurse had female on her bracelet and her mom thought the nurse named her kid famali whoa uh. Wow. So that's, yep. Hey, I mean, could have been, could have been worse. You could have been named James. <laughs> oh, oh, coming from the most basic ass name <laughs> in the entire world, Justin were, Smith. Weren't there like five of y'all on the Mayflower? It's extremely yeah. forgettable, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that is, you have the most basic name in all of white man history. 
So get over it. <laughs> At least my last name is unique. You never met somebody else with the last name Brats. No, but it does make me want a, a sausage. Yeah, just saying, yeah, in, a non, in a non-gay a way. Dog. Yeah, well, you know. No, everybody, most people go with Brats, and then they associate me with the Brats doll, which is even better. You don't ever want to use the pickup line, hey, do you want a mouthful of brats? Oh, nope. Whoa. I don't, don't think that would, you, that would you, go well. Are you saying it wouldn't be a mouthful? Is that the problem? Yeah. yeah. The problem it'd, be, it'd, be, yeah. It, it'd be more like, like a little part of a cheek. <laughs> yeah, would, that'd, be about, that'd be about it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, now that we know more about Jake's penis, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, what? Uh, where are we? What? This isn't. What is this? You knew this was happening. Talk, yeah. We talked about gay tiger owners and your penis so far. We knew that well, this would happen if we had James on. That it would just. Yeah. The train wouldn't even leave the station. It would just. <laughs> they wouldn't have time to wreck. Yeah. <laughs> it just it, it can't wreck. It never even started. <laughs> Still asleep in the in the caboose. Yep. But that's okay. So James, tell us about yourself, brother. How about that? Well, we want to know I'm a, the real I'm Aquarius. James Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I'm an Aquarius, dude. I am too. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Really? At least that's what the song says. Is I be so, going to die? Is that what I'm, that means? I'm hoping not, man. I am. I'm going stir crazy in my house, though. So y'all are on like complete lockdown, yeah. We uh, they just moved our date to the thirtieth, so we're up to the end of the month now. Jeez. We went from the 13th to the 30th. We're like third highest per capita in cases in the country. Jesus. Because fuckers can't stay home. I mean, they were throwing a a party down in New Orleans like last weekend. Of course they were. And you watch Jeez. the you watch the governor get on the like on every day during his press conference, and he's just so angry. Like he's just like, guys, stay stay home. How many times do I have to tell you people? Which is and people keep going. Well, he needs to lock down the state. No, fuckers just need to listen. Stay home. Yeah, it ain't that hard. The virus doesn't even come close to Bourbon Street. Nothing can survive Bourbon Street. <laughs> now, that may be true. That that There's a lot of diseases that have not survived Bourbon Street. It's the holy zone. Do you have experience with that, James? I do not. No. I do not. Well, I've really, always I was really been disease-free. I was really open for a crazy story. I did but, get uh, – I have been drunk once on Bourbon Street. I've been drunk – I don't drink a lot or pretty much at all. I've been drunk three times in my entire life, and they were all planned. Uh I drank every hurricane on Bourbon Street one night. Um, Ooh, I had to roll. Delicious. It, it was well. It was good at the time. I don't think I could drink them now, or I might puke again. <laughs> again. I, had, I had to roll the whole way down, like along walls, to get back to our hotel. No, oh, Jesus. Uh, I laughed nonstop for like thirty minutes for no fucking reason, and I felt great when I went to sleep. And then the next morning, we went to the zoo, and uh, the roads are really bumpy in New Orleans. And you realize that when you're hungover. <laughs> So it was my wife and my parents, and they and they went up to the front gate of the zoo and I said, "Look, I'm gonna stay at the car for a second. Just give me a minute." <laughs> and I, I hurled for like ten minutes. And as my wife was getting to the gate, which I mean, I was in the back of the parking lot, and as she got to the gate, a, a kid turned to their mom and said, "Mom, what's that noise?" No, God. <laughs> you could hear me hurling from across the parking lot. So Jesus. nice. That was. They thought it was that was great. animals. I'm sure. Like they Could have, have blamed it on them. They have grizzly bears fighting in the over there. Oh man, that was 
that was well the problem was we had ran into some people that we didn't know we met them on a ghost tour and then they were like hey come out with us and then they kept buying buying me drinks and they kept buying my wife drinks oh my god and she, she wasn't drinking so she'd hand me hers so i was drinking mine and hers <laughs> and every time like uh, one cup would empty two more would show back up <laughs> i think i drank 14 hurricanes oh jesus uh two shots of absinthe oh no uh, some nasty grape slush thing that was alcoholic. Uh, it, it, it was a lot. Sounds rough. Uh, yeah. But now I don't drink, so I'm good. How far yeah. are you from New Orleans? Three hours. Oh, okay. Dang. But we almost like never go there. It's one of those weird things. The other weird thing is when people hear about Louisiana or think about Louisiana, they only think about New Orleans. And I've, and I've got to break it to everybody. New Orleans is not Louisiana. New Orleans is New Orleans. It's its own right. place. It's its own world. Its own football team. Anywhere, yes. Anywhere outside of of New Orleans, that's Louisiana. Um, and no, we don't all live like in a swamp and hunt alligators every day. <laughs> I don't that's, believe you. That's, that's below I ten. You get below I ten, you get into coon asses and alligator hunting. But well, I've been right. through. I've been through Louisiana, and I thought it was really cool. There's some really pretty places in in Louisiana. Um, I like yeah. to kayak fish, and so it's awesome to go kayak fish in some of these like black swamps with cypress trees, and it's just oh, you. Oh it's, yeah, it's great. What's funny awesome. is like nor- northern people like they'll hear about that and go, "What do you do about alligators?" It's like I don't, I paddle past them. I don't know what you want me to do about them. Yeah, they just they keep think going, going about them. my business. People are like, "Oh, I wouldn't fish down there." I was like, "I wouldn't." They're like, well, they're like I wouldn't fish near alligators. It's like, well, then you won't fish anywhere. I was like, every body of water in this state has an alligator. Mm-hmm. When I worked at the zoo, we had to go remove one from a ditch. I mean, they are literally everywhere. Yep. Heck, I saw one in a ditch yesterday, two days ago. I, like, literally walked right up to it outside. It's just sitting in a ditch, and I'm like, huh. Well, they're really... Swamp squirrels is what they call them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're really an amazing animal when you think about the fact that, what, 100, 110 years ago, they were pretty much extinct almost? Yeah, yeah. And now we have hunting seasons. We have so many of them that we have to deal with nuisance alligator. I mean, it's probably the best recovery story for any endangered animal ever. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so that, that, that explained nothing about myself other than you now know I am located in Louisiana, which I'm not originally from here, but I've been here since 07, so it's probably the longest I've lived in any state. Where are you from originally? Around. Uh, I lived in... Around? Let's see, I've lived in Mississippi. I've lived in Alabama. I've lived in Louisiana. I lived in Florida. I lived in Georgia. Uh, when I was like one or two, I lived in South Carolina. So pick pick a southern state, and I'd probably live there at some point in my life. Where were you born? I was born in Mississippi. Lived most of my life there until ninth grade. I did live a year in England for first year of school, which would be kindergarten here, but it's first year there. Uh, and I like so at some point, for like a year, year and a half, I lived in Charleston, in South Carolina. Hmm. Um, and then in after ninth grade, I moved to. Alabama, went to finish high school there, went to college in Alabama at Troy University. No, I am not an Alabama or Auburn fan for anybody else. Every time they're like, you're from Alabama, you must be an Alabama fan. No, I'm a Troy University fan. Uh, and then I moved to Louisiana. And then there were parts and bits and pieces where my parents lived in Georgia and Savannah, and they lived in uh, like Tallahassee, Florida. And so I would live there during the summers mm. while I was in college. Yeah, I got you. So nice. I just usually tell people the South. I've lived in the South. <laughs> Omnipresence. Nice. <clears throat> I like it. But so what, as far as like the zoo thing, 
I like I know you've talked about this on on Port City Pythons and all that other stuff, but real quick, <laughs> not to have to like recover the things that people probably already That's know. Fine. But like, what zoo were you at? When did? How long were you there? So I left college and I applied to every zoo in the southeast. And uh, the one zoo that called me back uh, was the Alexandria Zoo in Alexandria, Louisiana, which is a small, it's an amazing AZA created zoo in central Louisiana. Um, I moved over here. I was the reptile keeper for two and a half, about two and a half, almost three years. Um, and then, and things just changed. My director, the guy that hired me, he actually died while I was there. And uh, that was a, that was a huge loss. And uh, so things just changed. I left there and eventually worked on getting my degree to become a teacher, which is what I've been doing now for oh seven years, I think, teaching. So I teach high school biology now. Um, I miss zookeeping. And as everybody that you've ever heard on any interview tells you, zookeeping is great, except it pays nothing. Right. Right. And so I can't afford to go back to zookeeping as the problem, as much as I would love to. And what – Yeah. You teach high school, right? Yes, high school biology. How, how do you do it? Um, I would not have like with the way kids are today. Oh, it's I say it's that rough. at the ripe age of twenty nine. Like, <laughs> I would not it's have rough. the patience for any of that. The amount of not giving a damn now uh, is insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like when when I was in school, it was weird. Like failure, <clears throat> failure was an option. Failure is always an option. It's just not the right one. Uh, but. Nowadays, it's not a deterrent. Like kids aren't afraid to fail. Yeah. In their mind, they they showed up to school that they should get to pass. Um, and I'm not that kind of teacher. I'm I'm like, look, you're gonna earn you're gonna earn your education. So it gets rough. You're but like there Mr. are days. <laughs> yeah, well, less caring. <laughs> now I can't look. If a kid works hard, I, I can deal much better with kids that struggle but work hard versus kids that. Could do it, no problem, but are too lazy to do yeah, it. Yeah, they just don't care. Yeah, that, that's the, that's my biggest pet peeve. I will I will help a kid out if they're struggling. But if it's a kid that is not doing anything and then comes to you at the end of the nine weeks and is like, hey, how can I fix my grade? And I was like, well, uh, buy a DeLorean and go back in time. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Here's a number. His name is Doc Brown. Give him a call. <laughs> yep. So it, it's – but teaching, I mean, there's, there's benefits to it. I mean, I'm off during the summer and I'm off during the coronavirus and – Christmas and my wife's also a teacher, so we had the same schedule. My daughter's in school, so we had the same schedule. Hats off <laughs> to teachers, though, man, because that's like that. Yeah, police, like I could not. That's a job. Oh, that I just, I like. Thank God, there's people like you, man, because I sure as hell don't have the patience for it. It's rough, but it's nice every now and then when you see a kid that uh, either a they finally graduate and it's been a struggle, but they actually graduate. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not. When I first became a teacher, I was like, everybody should go to college. And then I became a teacher, I was like. Fuck that. Everybody should at least graduate <laughs> high school. Just graduate yep. high school. Okay. Some of you should go to college. <laughs> so, some of you some of you are going to go to college. Some of you, look, just get a job. But I always tell kids, like, everyone can graduate high school. They've made it easy enough now to graduate high school. Just do the work and show up. And in four years, you're gone. Uh, and so that's that's my, my struggle is just getting kids, like, I'm going to get you out the door, but I'm not going to just give you a grade to get you out the door. Right. I feel that's how so. it was with some of my classmates. Like the teachers were literally just so over their shit that they were like, "I'll give you the bare minimum of a passing grade just so I don't have to see you again." Uh, I mean, I, there's still teachers out there like that, and they drive me nuts. You know, yep. when a kid's failing like 
three classes and then you look and they have an A in like math. You're like, how the hell do they have an A in math? That kid does not have an A in math. It's just Yeah. Oh but... ye of little faith. <laughs> but it's it's just nice. It's I I would love to be working with animals again. Um but I, I do do I spend more time with my collection now than I did as a keeper because it was hard to go to work all day long with reptiles and then come home and work all night yeah, with reptiles. I can get that. Yeah. Um, and so I spend more time with my collection, but I've also since then I've grown so much since 2007, 2008. My collection is nothing like it used to be. It's more focused. I'm definitely uh, I'm not just taking whatever I can find, and it's far better. Yeah, what's so, uh, so so tell us about it a little bit there. Well, how, first how of that? all, let's how awesome oh, is it oh. having the superior Morelia in your collection? It is great. I do she's a cool little snake. And I'm looking forward to when she's like seven or eight foot. They're the coolest. But, I mean, oh, yeah. I pythons I don't know why it took so long to get I guess I just they're not a they're one of those pythons that no one really talks about. Everybody talks about jungles. Yep. Or ball pythons or reticulated pythons. And brettles get like shoved in the background somewhere, but I'm like, it's naturally bright red. It naturally gets to a size that's impressive, but not overbearing. Mm-hmm. You almost can't kill them. Yep. Like it really should be out there way more often. Uh, I just think more people gotta gotta work. I think the the biggest problem is they're just I guess breeding them. I mean, you've got to be able to get them down to, you know, cold as hell. Yeah. I yeah. think it's just the the lack, like they don't come in neon colors like jungles do, and yeah. they're much more normal. They are, but they're like but... their normal color to me is awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, you know, and they're I'm normal, a, and I'm a big fan of the high thick. blacks. See, and I like I like the red. I like uh, mine doesn't have much of black on the tail, and I'm hoping it. And looking at the parents, they didn't have a ton of black on the tail, mm-hmm. and so I'm hoping it stays that way. I love the red. Uh, when I was looking through, I got it from Nick Mutton, and when I was looking through his website, I looked through that one litter, and it's like the one that stuck out as the most red. And I was like, I want that one. Uh, so we'll see how she grows, but it's it's weird having a snake that perches. I mean, it's most of my snakes sit on the ground, um, so I've I've built her a perch and she sits up on it almost all the time now. Oh yeah, dude, they're yeah, they'll do everything. Like they love it all. They love having a shelf. They love having a hide. They love having stuff to climb on. Like I don't know, does yours like if you go in the room and you start doing stuff, do yours start cruising? Every now and then she cruises a lot at night. Um, well, a lot of times she's, I mean, she just wants to sit up stretched out across the, the perch. And then I, the heat that I was giving her, cause it, she's in what is normally my quarantine cage. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's in quarantine and normally it's being heated from the bottom with a heat pad or with heat tape, uh, because I normally I'm quarantining boas or sand boas or something right. that's going to sit on top of it. So she would have to come down, sit on that and then go up and perch. And then today I took all day because I had to redo the cage. I put in a pro products heat panel. Cause they're the only one that makes one small enough to fit in the cage I had her in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll be interested to see how much she just moves from one side to the other of the perch towards the heat and away from the heat. And if she even comes down that much anymore, she probably won't, man. <clears throat> I bet you now that that's up there, man, I've noticed with carpets, man, if you give them the opportunity to perch and bask and stuff, they'll, they'll use it. All the time. It's, you know, especially brettles, you know, those, 
Just shit, Justice hardly leaves the ground. Your big male? No, well, no. I mean, he hangs out on that shelf a lot, actually. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He hardly ever leaves that thing. That's what I meant. I, I said I, I know. I, said I mean, right? Now, the last yeah. few days he's been spending a lot of time in the uh, in his hide, but uh, yeah. You well, know, I got a, a big jungle carpet, and she's in a four foot long, just regular four foot cage, and I've got a Rubbermaid tub in there that's full of. Uh, Chip, so it's a little humidity area for her to go hide, mm-hmm. but she'll sit pretty much on the lid of that tub all the time. Yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> I put shelves in with all my adult carpets, man. Every single one of them. Yeah, and uh, I mean, even I've noticed with the Popwins and the Amazon tree boas and stuff like that, even if it's in a, a rack, like it's a shallow tub, like those V70s or whatever, the crazy long ones, Jake. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. If I put one of those Brahms perches in there, just the one with the with the legs, mm-hmm. even like being two inches off the ground, they still they'll hang out on it. Like there's yeah, just something and that's about why them being I... off the ground. You know, yeah, even if that's it's only all a little it bit. is, man. Yeah, and that's why I still put that that those types of things in tubs because you can still utilize you know the space of a rack and be able to you know save space and all that but you can still give them an area to get off the ground and that's that's what's important even if it's not you know very high you know it's something um, and then obviously you know it's it's harder when you get into like the bigger snakes like some people keep adult carpets in you know a v70 size tub you know and an animal that big you know something that short it's kind of hard to you know make something proper for perching i guess right. for them and that's why and that's why all my animals get upgraded once they hit a certain size they go into a cage it's not they're not in tubs anymore once they leave a 32 court <clears throat> well i told my wife we don't really have any reptiles outside of the maritorium the only thing right now is we've got several reptiles in the house from her classroom because she's a she's a fifth grade ELA, you know, re- English uh, language arts teacher, but she has a corn snake, a bearded dragon, a leopard gecko, and isopods in her classroom because mm-hmm. she's my wife. Uh, but now that we're out of school forever, we brought them all home. So now they couldn't come into the reptile room because they got to be quarantined, and they couldn't go into our bedroom because I'm already quarantined a snake in there. So now, like, the bearded dragon and leopard gecko are in my daughter's room. We've got oh, a corn snake in the living room. Uh, but I told my wife when that, that brittles gets, outgrows the cages in, I'm getting a, like, I'm thinking like a four foot tall, maybe three foot wide or four foot wide cage made to put in the living room, something that I can put branches in and, and fully deck out. Yeah. And that will be kind of a display animal because I have no intention of breeding the brettles. I, uh, I originally really wanted to get it because I do several like outreach programs throughout the year and I needed something that was an impressive size that wasn't a boa and I wasn't getting a berm. Um, and the brittles kind of fit that, you know, it's going to be red. It's going to be about yeah. seven, seven and a half foot, eight foot long, kind of Definitely thick. Bill. So, and it, and calm, calm-ish at least. Yeah, that's something I've wanted to do for mine for a long, I will eventually, but I want to get like an old, uh, I don't know, chest of drawers or uh, armoire or something and like convert it and get a nice big piece of driftwood or something to put in there. Just something nice and spacious. To put and well, have it as like a display kind of thing, and I was thinking like getting like a, like a fake rock background made for for a cage and and doing a, like shelves and branches just because as much as she likes to climb now I'm just thinking at like six and a half seven foot sitting on a big thick branch mm-hmm. will look awesome. Well, if you're not into building your own cages, talk to our boy Sean. Yeah, I did actually message. Nice. I messaged back and forth with him. A couple of weeks back, we talked on our podcast about 
lead times in cage builders and rack builders uh, just because Carly was going through an issue with, you know, there's the, the number one cage builder. Plastics. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give a shout out to all those other companies that I know their lead time is way less. And so I, I contacted, I think it was like four, five or six other cage and rack builders. And every single one of them had less lead times. Um, granted, they're not as busy as animal plastics. I, I mean, don't, I'm not bashing the product, uh, but it is an insane amount of time to wait. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But thank God for Sean Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> and see, most of my stuff is uh, is sea serpents. Uh, yeah, uh, that's honestly that's who I was. I was looking before Sean blessed us with his presence. Uh, I was looking at sea serpents, and then sea serpents was the one main one, and then I was looking at herptastic. Yeah, but Sean, honestly, Sean blows both of them out of the water, in my opinion. You know, with all the options he offers, you know, right at the same prices. I mean, you can't, you can't beat it, man. Well, see, my problem is now that I have sea serpent stuff, like, I, it all needs to match. I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way, dude. I am the same way. I totally get it. I was like, man, I because all my stuffs from Reptile Basics, like my racks, my cages. Luckily, I don't have that many, so I can still. Now I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make the transition once I have like a more dedicated area for quarantine. I'm gonna put all my reptile basic stuff in the quarantine area, and then everything else is gonna be from Sean. Yeah, so I love that's my, my favorite rack is the. Uh, I get the V35 short racks because it holds the V15, V18s, and V35 shorts. Yeah. And for having sand bows and rosy bows and stuff like that, it works amazing because I can grow them up from baby to adult. All in the same rack. Yeah, I actually have I have the Reptile Basics version of that. They don't take the Visions tub, but they it's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I love Vision tubs because they don't have those damn indents in the corners. Like if you like use a Rubbermaid or a Sterilite sometimes, and they have those little indentions on the bottom, and so uh, it holds like urates and folds? stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like because yeah. I used to use Christmas tree tubs. I built a Christmas tree tub rack back in college for boas. And I kept them in a Christmas tree tub rack for a while. Uh, but the problem is the Christmas tree racks have those little spots on the bottom where your rates will pile up. And then once they're in there, I mean, they're in there. You can try and chip away all you want. Yeah. Not happening. I gotcha. Yeah. My, you're talking about the bottom of the tub, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I chose the sterilized that I have. They're just like, they have rounded edges and it's completely flat. Yeah. That's that's a huge deal for me being completely flat on the bottom. Absolutely, and then the the sterilites that I use in the the um, in the six quarts and the fifteen quarts, you know, they have the little slots up top. You know, what I'm talking about yeah. know, along the edges. I made coat hanger perches for all of them for the six and fifteens, so they That's it's cool. it's perfect and super cheap for you know, and it's a solid perch for the animals for the sized animals that would go in there. I used to do all like homemade. I got a little bit of money. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a rack. This is so much more amazing. Yeah. It's not <laughs> something I built. Because, like, I had several racks that I had built. My dad had helped me build. And some shelves worked, and some shelves didn't work as well. And there were, like, some were like, all right, well, I can't use tubs on this shelf, or I can only use this size tub on this shelf and this size tub on that shelf. Yeah. And, and then I had two five-foot wooden cages that my dad and I built. 
and I built the whole thing out of three quarter inch plywood, so it weighed a freaking ton. Oh Jesus! And they were, I mean, I don't know who has them now. I sold them years ago, but they're probably still working. I mean, they are they're, they're coffins. I mean, they're enormous. They're thick. They'll last forever. Yeah. But the last move, I was like, I'm tired of moving these things. So I bought a four foot PVC cage. I'm like, holy shit, I can move this with one hand. <laughs> Dude, this is amazing. It's, it's night and day. I gave just. That cage, man. Uh, the melamine. Yeah. Melamine. Oh, I melamine. melamine. Yeah, melamine, melamine, whatever. Don't that get it wet. It's, 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 that one was like fucking aquas. Don't get them yeah, wet, dude. But the, that thing is literally like four times the weight oh. of my PVC four footers, man. Oh yeah, is, I mean, because that's what all old racks and cages were made out of. Yeah, all the the mel melamine. It, yeah. it wasn't until you know when PVC came around, everybody started building stuff out of PVC. I just realized, oh crap, this is so much easier to deal with, yeah. so much lighter to work with. Um, the cage I was working on today, though, for my brettles, is it's kind of like before PVC became big. It's the did you ever see the old bars cages? Yeah. Yes. They're made out of that hard plastic. Yep. So it was that, and what took what should have been like I don't know an hour and a half job took all day because when they put the light fixture in on the inside, which quit working years ago, he used the damn uh, like glue that attaches the plastic to plastic. And so I ended up having to take a Dremel tool to grind down the light fixture parts Jesus. that were left so that I could put the heat panel. It was, uh, it was a nightmare. But that cage is – I've had it since, I don't know, probably 08. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Billy has a few, and he loves them. I mean, he – because – well, bars. I mean, he was the, the plastic cage person when they first came out. And then now everybody does PVC, and there's tons of PVC people. And it's great. Uh, you know, some obviously better – like we said before, some obviously better than others. So far, I like PVC. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And those uh, those ones that P and Cody got before Carpet Fest. Oh man, those are the that that sort of bars style. Those are made I'm by pretty JPM. sure that's what those were made out of. Yeah, because JPM does the bars. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, those cages are amazing. Yeah, like they're first off, they're just massive. You don't see cages like that in anybody's house. No like, man, they're huge. And then just. I mean, the way they did the shift caging and the way they did the whole setup and and you walk into that room and there's just two giant cages with, you know, like eight, nine foot black mambas just sitting there staring mm -hmm. at you. Not not just in the room with you, but literally staring at you. It was awesome. Yeah, did you yeah. see that, that picture they posted a couple of weeks ago of the Gaboon that was up in like the elevated hide? Yes. They climbed up there? Yes, so because wild, that, that, was, that was probably my favorite cage there because it had boons which are probably my favorite most favorite venomous snake and then it had those western green uh mambas which had the mm. huge scales and the coloring on the edges of them yeah they look like rope yes those were awesome and then they had that that hypo death adder that i want yes oh, you God. and me both dude i heard you talking about it when as soon as you mentioned it on the last podcast I was like, yeah, I wanted that. I I went back to that cage over and over and over yeah, again that thing is it's just unbelievable it i it's so hard like, to describe. Wrong, the the blue and green vipers, those are all great and everything, but man, the color on that snake was amazing. Yeah, agree. So as far as sand boas, riddle me this, because you're okay. you're a sand boa guy. Why is it that other species haven't take off, haven't taken off like the Kenyans have? 
Kenyans, I mean, they're one of the first ones. There's a, it kind of goes like with most snakes. Most snakes take off if there's more than one color version. I mean, because look at it, brettles are an amazing snake. But other than hypo and, and stonewash, which doesn't do anything for me, but those are still fairly similar colors. There's nothing else. But you look at ball pythons, which as a regular ball python, you're like, yeah, that's a really boring snake, but it comes in 7 million colors, so people love it. Or corn mm -hmm. snakes, tons of different colors, so people love it. Uh, you know, Kenyans had that. They had You had the normal, and then you had the anery. And for, forever, those were the two colors. You had normal and anery. Um, and then all of a sudden, more and more colors start to pop up, whereas in the other Samboas, they don't. Plus, a lot of those snakes, an issue is with where they're located. A lot of those African snakes, depending on what country they're in, you can't get them because they're war zones. You know, a, lo a lot of those places you can't get to some of those things just because it's just hard. Kenyans are easy to get. Right. Um, but there are some, definitely some other Samboas that I think, like, I got Indian Samboas, and I think those things are amazing. I, I love those them. those are the ones that I used in the article. Yes. Is it, yeah, see that one, like, I don't know what it is about those, that picture, both of them that you have, of the. I don't know if it's the same animal or the pair. Um, I don't know, I, I have to look, I think you use, I know you use a rough scale in there, and then you use, you use two boa constrictors, that may be the only thing I'm thinking of, the two sun glow boa constrictors. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the Sambo, it might have been the rough scale. The rough scale is the darker one. The uh, the orange one is the is the Indian. But Indians are cool because they have these like micro scales along their whole body, so they they're super smooth. And then unlike your other Samboas, which have kind of these short, stubby tails, Indians have this longer like nub tail that looks like its head, so they can actually move it around like it's its head mm -hmm. as a defensive thing when it's in the wild. And so, the, like I've told the story many times, but the first time I picked them up and they wrapped their tail around my finger and held on, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Because regular, like, Kenyan Samboas, they'll fall off of the ground if they could. I mean, they are they don't sure. hold on to a damn thing. Right. Um, and, and you'll yeah. see people talk about, like, some will climb here or there. But I'm telling you, in general, they don't hold on. It's the rough scales I'm thinking of. The rough I mean, scales the are Indians really The Indians are amazing, too. But, like, I'm just, I look at those and I'm like... How come I, oh, I? I mean, not that I pay that close of attention to what's going on as far as sambos go, but I was like, how come I don't see more of these? Yeah, they're super cool. Oh and I don't. I'm telling you, I think I honestly think it's the color thing, because rough they, scales. I agree, rough scales. That pattern, they look like a little viper. Like there are some vipers out there that have that same pattern and same color. But look and, at the Indians. and they have that feel. How can you tell me the Indians like those aren't going to be as popular as Kenyans when they're that? Well, the oh, trick with the Indians is so like the orange ones I have are F five or F six generations for um, for line breeding for that color, mm -hmm. and so your normal Indians are kind of turd brown, and the females especially kind of just turn like a turd brown color. And so the more that you breed those generations over and over, the oranger they get, and the more that pattern kind of disappears, and that color brightens up. And it's okay. just gonna, it's gonna take more people doing it. For me, it goes back to the morphs, man. You know, this this hobby is a a morph filled, you know, place. That's what people go after, and you know, the the wild type versions of a lot of things are just getting really pushed yeah. to the side, and people aren't appreciating them the way they they should be. Well, because like there's some wild type snakes where I, I don't care about morphs of them at all. Like uh, Madagascan, uh, I mean, uh, doom rolls boas. Doomles, yeah. boas. I don't care if they ever. I mean, they're like there's a hypo out there, but I don't care about any more yeah, from Doomles. They don't really need it though, because I mean, they're just that pattern, got so that many color. Colors. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing to me. You know, at the same time, I own, you know, boa constrictors and I love albinos and sun glows and hypos. And so like, right. I'm on both, I sit on both sides of that fence where, yes, you should enjoy the natural color, but at the same time, I enjoy playing around with genetics and mm-hmm. seeing how bright I can make. Yeah. Snake. Yeah. For sure. You know, I mean, that's, you know, it's, I never knock that, you know, if people are into it and they're into it, you know, but like, yeah, y'all know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, because you have your your brown snakes that you love. Yeah, of yeah. course. My, <laughs> my my brown my brown and beige carpet python. Which which is funny because now with some of the imports that I've seen, like you or like Billy gets in, they're not brown. They, they are yeah. yellow oh, and no, orange. They are and, far from brown. You know, and that and that's just yeah. going to take time. It's going to take line breeding those snakes for better colors. Yeah, and then it will pick up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm expecting some pretty high yellow animals out of this clutch that I just got. I'm I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. I'm trying but, to think uh, of another python that naturally has that much variation and I can't I can't really think of one. They're all over the place, man. Like you look at you can you could compare jungles, but like you'd have to like look at different localities, really. Yeah, but even then, you don't um, get like you don't get ones that are opposite, like ones that are crazy yellow and then ones that are crazy dark. You well, know? and you even then, really get that right. broad jungles, spectrum. Well, jungles aren't naturally yellow, right. so you know they're not black and yellow over there. Whereas the and I'm still gonna call them Irian Jaya's. People can suck it. Uh, Irian Jaya's. They are naturally that color. I mean, look at. I mean, like I said, look at what you've got. Look what Billy's got. Look what everybody else is getting. They're naturally oranges and yellows that stick out. So they're really pretty. It's it's funny because you know people didn't treat them with any respect because for the longest time it was jungles, jungles, and jungles. But I think everybody's realized, all right, it's black and yellow. That's great. Yeah, yeah, man. That's what I've been saying for a long time. And people be sleeping on pop ones, man. They're they're. They, they're they're awesome man and you know me personally i really like the dark stuff obviously i have a couple of the the yellow projects but i feel like the darker side of things needs a little bit more attention because you know even even you know moving move kind of you know with jungle along with jungles everybody's going for the bright yellows and stuff they're starting to move the same towards with you know the ijs but you know the so trying to do a little bit more work with the really black i like stuff well, I like a solid black snake. I like the uh, – if you ever look up black Russian sand boas. So black Russian sand boas are – they basically body style is like a Kenyan, but they are jet black. Right. Um, if it, once at... line bred for more and more black, you can find them. They are jet black, and they are cool. But unlike Kenyans, yeah, they'll bask at like 95 degrees, but they're also like a oh. brettles where – when you put them through brumation, you have to drop them down into the 50s. Jeez. Those are friggin' sweet. Aren't they? I didn't even know those existed. Oh, yeah, and there's not a lot of people breeding them. And my hope is I'm hoping I can pick one up this year. What, uh, what are they called again? Black Russian Samboas. Oh, those are cool. You know, everybody goes crazy over, you know, uh, Mexican kings because they're all black. I'm like, there's a lot of other black snakes out there that oh, are really, geez. really cool. Yeah, these are pretty sweet. Yeah. And you can get some black Russians that still have like some patterning, but there's been a lot of people breeding towards more and more black, and you can get them almost solid black. Well, I like the ones that have sort of the the peppering or the like, yeah. almost like a white side yeah. sort of thing going on. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm. That that's kind of like my long long term project with my my dark stuff. 
is, you know, because the animals I have, in my opinion, don't have as much patterning, I guess. They're, you know, I'm not going to call them reduced patterns by any stretch of the imagination. So nobody put words in my mouth. Uh, um, but, you know, so that's one thing I want to push towards is, you know, just getting that pattern less and less visible and just bring out more and more black, you know, and that's, yeah. There's I still, sweet. I still see pictures of some, some pop ones and I'm blown away that that's an import. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, there's well, because, no way that's an import. Well, and the funny I thing think. is forever import was a ugly term. Yep. You know, it was, it was very derogative. Oh, it's an import. Don't buy that. It's nasty. It's gross. It's got but... <laughs> and see, and that's the, that's the huge difference with carbon pythons is people hear import. First thing you think, especially in the popping world, first thing you think is pure. You know, yeah. if it's imported, that and that's what I love about my having farmed animals is there's no questions behind it. You know, there, this isn't some animal that's been bred in the U.S. for 16 generations and is crossed somewhere down the line. This like this is straight from the farm. Like there is no crossing out there. They're just popwing carpets. You know, well, and, and I see I see both sides of it. Like I don't. I haven't done any import stuff just because I don't want to have to go through the possibility of having to deal with parasites and getting rid of all that and that process. Because right. uh, for some stuff, you, you just know they, they've got them. Um, but like I, I've wanted to get a little bit of every type of sambo out there. And so one that I want to get is Saharan sandboas. And Saharan sandboas are weird because they look like Kenyans. They're a little shinier, uh, but they lay eggs. Oh, they're like, uh, the, yeah, they're the one boa that lays eggs. Um, but everything, like if you go to any reptile show, you'll see them sitting on tables and you'll see them on tables for probably a hundred bucks, less than a hundred bucks, but they're all imports. It's very hard to find somebody who is breeding Saharan Samboas. They look thinner too, like thinner and kind of longer. Yes. I'm looking at now right when now. you see them, when you see them in person at a show, they look very thin, uh, because they're imports <laughs> because they're imports. And, and I've been waiting. I've been holding out. I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some captive bred ones, just because also a lot of those snakes sometimes are picky eaters. You know, some of those imports you've got to work a little bit more with them to eat. You know, I, I want to get viper boas. And I could probably find viper boas pretty easy as imports. Oh yeah, Dan Maleri has a but, million of them all the yeah. time. But then you, you got to get, you got to get something that naturally wants to eat lizards to eat a mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I know I'm not patient enough for that. Yeah, because so, I was I was thinking some of the uh, the same thing from Dan Malier, some of the uh, tree boas he gets. Um, the Solomon Island tree boas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those they're so cool, man. I love them, but again, they're small snakes and they're lizard eaters for the most part. You Dude, know, the babies and, are yeah. tiny. Yeah, the oh, babies yeah. are super God. small. But they're so cool, man. Like, they come in so many colors. Yeah, it's like they they're oh they're so amazing. Have you seen the really, like the white really, and black ones? I don't know if I have. Oh, you can find them like white with black patterning. They're awesome, but yeah, it's that whole. They're in the same genus as viper boas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, they're a cool snake. But again, they're super small, and they like to eat lizards. That's another reason I I own one children's python. I bought a female at one point. And I was like, you know what? I'll buy a male later on. And then I was like, I got to looking at it. I, was like, I don't really want to deal with itty <laughs> yeah. bitty babies I, that yeah. want lizards. I got, that's why nope. I got rid of mine. I was like, I'm yep. not. I'm not like I've. Chondros and gray bands are enough headache feeding wise as is. I don't need another. See, I'm spoiled because boa constrictors and samboas, they're gonna eat. I mean, at some point they're gonna eat a mouse. Like it's just wait long enough and they'll eat a mouse. Yeah, that's that's why I love my carpets, man. I, I ain't got to deal with nothing. They'll eat they'll eat fuzzies right off the rip. 
I miss my uh, my Terahu Maribos. I loved those. Yeah. I had a pair uh, of those, man. They were great. They were assholes, but they were cool. I, I don't. I, there was a point in time where I had a lot of Nicaraguan. Um, I like. I still like Nicaraguan. Yeah. See, I'm I'm weird. I don't. I, I don't like, like a lot ones. of the locale. Yeah. See, I don't like a lot of the locale, smaller Central American stuff or some of the island stuff, just because it's not as colorful for me. Um, they tend to be darker, but I love like the Colombian and getting like hypo Colombians and. Uh, Sun Glow Club. I just I love that bright red mm-hmm. that I can get on those guys. Although I do love as much as like some of the island stuff doesn't do it for me. Hog Island boas are awesome. Oh my yeah. god, dude! That that is one bow I do really want one day. Well, they have that natural uh, hypomelanism, and they change colors from, like day to night. So mm-hmm. like every time you're gonna want to show off your really awesome looking Hog Island, it's gonna look like shit. I promise you. Of course. Yep. Every single time. I had one. I was like, oh man, come look at this. And then I take it out. He'd be dark as hell. I was like, what the? Normal, I promise, normally he's pretty. Uh, but they change colors. They're, they're cool snakes, though, and they have that freckling all over their body. I always love Brazilians and uh, Bolivians. Bolivian, the Emeraldis, those are all yes. they're like, they're like granite. When they're young, they look like yeah. they're made out of just stone. I got to say, though, my I, ones I really, really want, probably first on the list when it comes to boas, if I get say- into them one day, Nicaraguans. Oh, okay. I yeah. think you're gonna say like Argentinians because they no, get dark. No, like the blue. Fin no, no, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Argent. I, I miss. I the big. Misspoke. Yeah. Yeah. The Argentine. The Argentinians. See, and that's one reason I, I don't. Li- I don't like Argentinians. I know a lot of people love them, and they're I a cool love, snake. They get I pretty good, them. pretty big, and they turn almost solid black. But I prefer like the Peruvians because mm-hmm. the yeah. Peruvians get that yellow background color. Yeah, the Peruvians are really, really pretty. And then everyone loves Surinams and Guyanas because they get that. You can get them to almost like a purple tail. Like it's yeah. so deep. Uh, but there's so many, there's so many cool boas, and that was kind of originally, I don't know, 15 years ago. That was the direction I was going in with my collection was boa constrictors. I was going to get, you know, mostly just the Colombian morph stuff, but that was what I was going to do. You know, and I wanted a ton of them, and mm-hmm. then you know things like money comes into play. It costs Space. a lot to feed those guys, and it costs yeah. a lot to buy cages for those guys. And then, and I've mentioned it before on um, on my podcast, but I had an issue where uh, all of mine, almost all of my boas died. They all got Jeez. sick. And within like two weeks, I lost almost all my boa constrictors. Jeez. But nothing else in the collection got sick. Nothing else. I mean, and at the time I had, I had ball pythons that people gave me. I for and trust me, I don't still have them because I don't like ball pythons. Uh, but I had corn snakes. I had some king snakes. I had rainbow boas. I had, it was back when my collection was just whatever the hell I could get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Obviously, quarantining wasn't a big thing for me back then, and it's become a much, much bigger thing now. Uh, and, I, and I lost um, pretty much all of my boas. The only boas I have now came after that. Jeez. Um, Do you know what that was? Was, the, was it like, I mean, no clue. it was within I mean, two was, weeks, and it's got to be something pretty, pretty it was, crazy. Like, it was, it's not yeah. going to be IBD or crypto or anything like that. No, when I, no it, they, uh, so they would, get, they would get diarrhea, and they would also regurge. And they would dehydrate quick, like too quick for me to do anything. Mm-hmm. And this was probably in 08, 09, somewhere in there. Um, and so, like, the, the more I hear about NIDO, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they got really sick. They, they had mucus in their gums, and they crashed, and it was all one species. I was like, it, it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that would have happened from, at the time, just – Someone calls and goes, hey, I've got this. Will you take it? And I was like, yes, I'll take it. 
uh, I don't do that anymore at all. Now, if anything comes into my collection, there's a purpose for it, and I've planned it out, and it's going through quarantine. Yep. Um, so I've got that, that was hard. Other, other than frogs, like I really don't have any desire to bring in anything new. Especially I just, the condor-wise, especially. But every, like, I just yeah. I don't know. I'm much more particular about what and who I'm buying from now. Yeah, absolutely. See, all that happened to me, that was back when I was like, I'm just going to get a bunch of stuff. And, and at one point I had, between babies being born and what I had, I had over 100 animals. And that was too much for me to handle at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was just way too much. And, and now that I've streamlined stuff, I can handle 100 baby Samboas. I, I could do that, no problem. Um, but... From that point on, probably 08 till about four years ago, I was pretty much just keeping my animals. I, whatever I had, I kept. I didn't really breed anything. I didn't have plans. And there were multiple times along the line where I was like, you know, I could just get rid of everything. But then at the same time, in my brain, I'm like, well, no, I don't want to get rid of snakes. And, and it's kind of it kind of became my identity. I'm the guy that has snakes. Like, what would I be if I don't have them? Yeah. Uh, and then about four years ago, I started to see all the different morphs and samboas. I was like, well, that's awesome, and I can keep sambos in a rack, and I can keep them in a fairly small space and have multiples. I know that sounds bad to someone I'd be like, you shouldn't do that, but tough shit, I could, and I did. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> uh, and, and so I really got, like, I, it, it, it lit it back for me, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to do this. And so I have breeding projects now, and I have plans, and, I, and that's kind of where I've gone. And I've got a couple of boas. Um, like bigger boa constrictors, but most of my stuff is small. I've got some rosy boas. I've got several different types of sand boas. Um, and it's fun for me. I, I enjoy it a lot more now. That's why I always tell folks, like, fi- find that thing. Find one thing and focus on the one thing. Because if if you if your plan is to just have everything, at some point you're going to burn out. Yep. You know? well, that too. And if you're breeding it, then, you know, not everything's going to incubate at the same temperature. And if you only have one incubator, yeah. you're in kind of a predicament. Yeah, I don't have to deal with incubation. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. Well, those but, of us that are keeping the real snakes do. Yeah, yeah. I let the moms yeah. do all the work. I just <laughs> enjoy the spoils. That's the one reason I want those uh, Saharan Sambos. I'm like, I want a Sambo that lays eggs, but they're a weird egg. Like, they lay it, and then it hatches like two weeks later. What? And it's, yeah, and it's not very thick. It's not very, like, it's not like a python egg. Um, and so they're kind of in that... They're in that intermediate like evolutionary stage of having eggs and not having eggs, I guess. Hmm. You know, so Jeez. it's only like a fourteen day incubation and they hatch. That's so weird. Yeah. That's one reason I want them. I just I want to experience that. That's a really cool process. Yeah, that's that you just blew my mind a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've never heard of that. That's so, crazy. And like I said, a lot of times it's funny, you'll see people post on Facebook, go, Hey, look at my new Kenyan Sambo and people are like, Uh, that's not a Kenyan. <laughs> my Kenyan just laid eggs out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll you'll see someone it's funny is you'll see someone that has uh Saharan Samboas and they're breeding them and they show a picture of it laying eggs and someone automatically has to chime in. Someone who's had their snake for a week. Boas don't lay eggs. I'm like, uh, that one does. <laughs> this one too. These do. Hold my beard. It's funny. Like yesterday, everybody's posting pictures of red tails or rainbow boas sitting on chicken eggs because it's April Fool's yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have people going, boas don't lay eggs. I think you need to look at I'm like, look at the calendar, folks. That's how it is. You can't post anything without people, like someone. There's always at least one guy that completely is the fun sponge, completely takes the fun out of any post you made. Yeah, yeah they, they've got to show. 
Well, they've got to show that they know more than you. And in the mm-hmm. process of doing that, they show that they don't. Yeah, exactly. Because it happens on the THP page warriors, all the time. Man. I post a meme oh, and yeah. people are like, this, that's uh, – it was like yeah. – what was the one I posted recently? It was the dude with the the Gariel hat on. And some, oh someone was like, uh, not to split hairs, but I'm pretty sure that's not an alligator. Like, the meme said it was an alligator, but it was a gharial. He's like, that's not an alligator. <laughs> We're like, well, no shit. And I just, you just want to post a no, picture of like a meme was... where it shows the joke going over someone's head? Yeah. Oh, I make, I, I, I totally like mess with those people. Justin now. demolishes them. It's so oh, it's much hilarious. fun. I'm like, if you're going to pipe up and make an ass of yourself, that automatically do, gives me permission to jump in and help you. It's and it's funny. Younger me probably would have been the douche on on Facebook. Older me now has the ability to scroll past shit. Yep. Young, younger me did not have the ability to scroll past stuff. <laughs> oh, I totally I don't to... get in 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 uh, to it with people on like groups and stuff. But if someone posts on like one of my pages, I'm like, oh. You came to my front door. Like you're, Justin, you're, you're in Justin my turf only now, responds. Buddy. He responds. He doesn't. He doesn't comment yeah. on other stuff. Talking, talking shit. But he responds to people who talk shit on on his stuff. I've even gotten to where like I'm very careful on when when I do correct things that are obviously incorrect. I don't uh, even bother with that anymore. I'm like, I, I, I don't. Do, yeah, I don't do that. I'm like someone else to do it. It's not. Yep. If it's something that like needs Five to be fixed, then and, yeah, it's just. I don't know. I, like I said, I've gotten tired of Facebook turning into fights and arguments instead of conversations. Yeah. Especially now with everybody being a virus expert. Everyone. <laughs> I took Facebook off my phone. It's been great. It's been amazing. I can't do that. I like I like Facebook too much. I can't take it off my phone. I always hear people talk about taking Facebook and going away from social media. I I can't do it. I enjoy social media too much. I just, I'd limit myself. Like I take it off my phone, so I'm not checking it every you know 30 minutes or whatever. Like it's on on my computer when I'm at work and working on stuff. Even then, sometimes I have to close it because I'll just get too distracted and won't be working on what I need to be working on. But it just got to a point where I was so tired of hearing people and their opinions on this virus and what it's going to do. And I'm like, you don't know that. Yeah, I will. I will say in the first couple weeks of it, I was like, God, everybody's freaking out so much, and then. As it went on, especially in our state, I think we're up to 200, almost 300 deaths. Uh, and some of them were like in their 30s. Yeah. I was, I was like, uh, maybe we should stay home a little more, guys. Yeah. Let's, let's let this just get through here. And um, so, I don't know. I just, it's, it's a weird time. I told him I was talking to my dad yesterday. I was like, it's a weird life we've lived. I've lived through 9 11, which at the, up until this point was the weirdest thing I've had to li- ever had to live through. Agreed. And then this, which is globally happening. We've and never, it, yeah, we've never I, seen anything like it, at least on our side know, and, of the globe. And what kills me is so many people want to tear apart what governors or whoever, what they're doing in their states. And I'm like, guys, not a single governor knows what to do because no one's ever had to do this. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like, honestly, most of them, if not all of them, are doing the best they can. You know, no matter what they decide – someone's going to hate their decision. Their, yeah, their decisions yeah, are based off and, what the experts have told them. And yeah. it's like they don't want to have to push to close down everything because, like, it's not like people are going to listen. Well, I mean, it's like they, they don't want... He, he's already told people to not go outside. Yeah. It's like just saying, hey, now you really can't do this. Like, they're still going to fucking do it. Like, it's... 
It's the governor does not man. want to have to instill martial law. That is not like that's not going to no. fix anything. Absolutely not. You know, at some point, quit blaming the governor and just realize that your fellow man's stupid. Like yep. they're just stupid. So this whole process, like this whole thing's been weird. Uh, it's it's very odd to like drive around and see very little traffic, mm-hmm. which I guess is good. People are at home, but. Man, I've got a whole other month now sitting at home. I know everybody else does too. It's just going crazy. It's just it's funny yeah. to me because you know China's dealt with SARS and you know a lot of African countries have dealt with Ebola and stuff like that. And they're like, this is they've dealt with this stuff before. And so then they see us freaking out and they're like, welcome to our world, motherfuckers. Like, so the problem is this one changes our lifestyle, yeah. and we're not a country that does very well when you change our lifestyle. Agreed. Yeah, we're such a, a free country. That were like, oh, you're, you're telling me what I need to do? Fuck you. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> that was the weirdest. No one saw that coming. No one. No one was like, we're going to have a virus that causes you to cough. What's going to happen? Everyone's going to buy all the toilet paper. Yeah, on the list so, of things that I'm going to need for survival in a pre-apocalyptic situation, that's very low on the list. I, I get it. I go to the store. There's no bread. I get that. I live in Louisiana. We know a hurricane's coming. There's no bread or milk. Yep, that's how it is. But here. when I walked past the toilet paper aisle, I'm like, "What the hell happened?" Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I don't. I didn't. I really didn't get that, like at all. And now it's like all the essential places are going to be open, even if your county, city, whatever shuts down. You know, all the the Walmart will still be open and crap. You know, but so it's like, why did you do all that? We can still go to the store. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you're not. You didn't shit ten times more because you're at home now. That's not how that <laughs> yeah. worked. It's like if you use this much toilet paper before this pandemic, you should have seen the doctor a long time ago. Well, that's funny. Like, <laughs> were were you were you only shitting in public before, and that's why you were just using their toilet paper, and then all yeah. of a sudden now you're like, oh no, I'm gonna shit five times a day at my own house. I haven't even yeah. toilet paper. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's. Like I said it's just weird. Like I said. There is no blueprint on how to go through this, uh, and all these assumptions on what people should do are insane. People just need to chill. Like, sit at home, play some video games, binge watch something. Tiger King. Just chill. It's glorious. Yeah. There's also this other one we started, me and Katie started watching that we need to watch. We only watched the first episode, but it's called uh, Wild Wild Country. And it's basically is that one stupid too? no. It's like about this cult in like 1981. That but how's that not gonna be stupid? No, it bu- it's they bought a cult. They bought like this gigantic, like thousands of acres of property somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Oregon, and like basically took over this little town. It's really strange. Like we only watched the first episode, and I really want to watch more of it. I just haven't had time. But that's another one that that people should probably check out. I've been binge watching. Uh... Impractical Jokers. Yes. I don't know how I've never watched that show on a regular basis, but I'm going through all the seasons now because it's on demand on DirecTV. I fucking love that show. It's amazing. Some of the stuff they have to do well, is brutal. Well, the reason My, I love uh, that versus any other like hidden camera show, normally a hidden camera show is set up to embarrass the person that they're filming, like the, whoever the person coming in. Whereas this show is purely to embarrass those four guys yeah. and no one else. Yep. You know, no, they, they are the butt of their own jokes and that stuff. Yeah, they're great. My uh, one of my best friend around here actually saw them uh, live in Atlanta, Georgia. They did, be a, they did a live show. He said it was awesome. How do you do a live show of that though? 
It's like a comedy thing, I guess. Yeah, I think they, they show recorded stuff. And yeah, also they talk. Clips. And Sal is like a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite on there is Joe because I, I get him. He's a dad. He's been married forever. Not a damn thing embarrasses him at this point in his life. <laughs> no matter what they have him do, he's like, I'll fucking do it. It's cool. The, yeah. he, uh, I think he wins the most out of anybody. Oh, yeah. He just he, – dude, he, he doesn't care. The other guys he, are single. They still need to impress people. Yep. He's, got he's been married to lose. forever. No, it's – He's a dad. You got a dad bod. I mean, he is the stereotypical dad who doesn't give a damn. He's the one who will like dance in public to embarrass his kids. Yep. He's hilarious too. So if anybody's wondering what to do, binge watch and Practical Jokers. Yeah. And I see it doesn't like. I'm still working. I. It would be nice if we closed up shop. And I got a break. See, you say you're still working. You can still binge watch shit. You do it all the time, anyways. Well, we don't. We don't have a fire stick. We just have like regular cable. And so I'm kind of at all the right. mercy of whatever's on. But it was a good day because Scarface was on, which is always <laughs> on the one of the on, like the one single movie channel we have, and they had Scarface on, so I got really excited. Um, but like the other shop has one of those fire sticks, and we've got like the the movie apps and stuff, uh, so I can watch. You know watch new movies and stuff that I haven't seen yet or wanted to and um but given like all the time off people are complaining about stuff to do it's like well you wanted to start a YouTube channel start a YouTube channel like you wanted to start doing this do this like this is like prime time to start pumping out yeah. content and stuff like that yeah that's obviously for anybody that has a YouTube channel this has to be the like best time to pick up subscribers because most people are just sitting there watching YouTube all day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can tell you who's annoyed with me being home all day. It's my pregnant sand boas. They see my eyeballs peering into their tub like 50 times a day now. I'm like, are there babies yet? Are there babies yet? I'm like, it's supposed to rain tonight. Do you have babies? I've thought for like three weeks now that she was going to give birth. I mean, they're so pregnant that when you open it, like they jiggle. I'm like, come on. Drop the damn babies. Just do it. Because like, I don't know for sure which one the dad is. I had two males that I put in there, and I have a feeling I know who it is. It's the one who will impregnate a stick if you give him a stick. Um, <laughs> and so I have a feeling they're always going to be like het anery. But I don't. The moms were bought as adults, so I don't really know what they are. Uh, and they're all just normals on the outside. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see what pops out because it's going to be kind of like Christmas. I'm like, all right, let's figure out who the dad is and figure out what you got in you. Yeah. How long does it usually take them to pop out? Like four months, four and a half months. Sandlings. Jeez, man. Forever. Sandboas. Long enough for me. Sandboas and and rainbow bows. Rainbow bows are like four to five months. Yep. Like, but your your bow constrictors are like three, three and a half. But sandboas are taking forever. I've okay. got probably four that are pregnant right now. What do you keep yours on? Aspen. Okay. I love Aspen. Some people like sand. I can't stand it. Uh, I one I use racks, and can you just can you just picture oh, right now yeah. your racks with sand? How first off, how heavy they are, and then that grit when you slide it in and out. Oh sand God! Is, don't even uh, talk about it. Like I can't, it hurts my ears. Just it I, hurts no. me just thinking about it. God. That that thought of sand being fucking everywhere all the time would drive me nuts. No. Uh, Aspen allows them to dig and bury themselves. It's cheap. It's light. It's easy to clean. Even mm-hmm. though it makes me sneeze like crazy. Uh, and then I've on like bigger cages and stuff. I've switched over to a reptile chip. Like my rainbow bows are on reptile chip. Uh, my carpet pythons are on reptile chip. 
Um, I enjoy that stuff because it can hold some humidity mm. and it's big chunks. So like if it falls out of the cage, it's easy to sweep up. Yeah. But for I, sure. I don't know. I've had a handful of Kenyans over the years, like off and on kind of coming and going. And I've kept them on Aspen. I've also kept them on sand. And I mean, the sand is cool because you can see them like doing their thing. But yeah, it is. It's so dusty, and the snake's always dusty. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's just the like, worst is uh, that reptile sand. Like, if you get the colored reptile sand, mm-hmm. whatever color you get is what color your sandbow is going to be. Yeah. Yep. Like I've seen some people that have really red sandbows. I'm like, yeah, you have it on red sand. Let it shed one time, and it's going to go back to being orange and black. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate that. Yeah, Plus, it's, it's amazing where sand ends up. It ends up everywhere. Yep. Yep. Nope, I wouldn't. No, I don't. I, I deal with all paper products right now. It's, I'm on Team Carefresh, boy. Yeah, for the colubrids, for the pythons, they used to use paper. Yeah, they're on paper. I uh, I use the the brown paper for painter, the painting paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have it cut down to the width to fit in a V70, and then on my wall, I have it hanging. Like I use two uh, uh, paint rollers. And hang them on the wall, and hang it by the two paint rollers, and I can strip it down to the length I need, and then cut it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I use that for my V70s. Although I say that now, most of the stuff in my V70s are colubrids, so they're on aspen because they shit all the time. Yep. Um, but I was using that paper for a lot of stuff, and then I I bought uh big blocks of Repta chip, and now I just have a giant tub of Repta chip. So I'm like, eh, let's use this in like my four foot cages and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude, these tiny birds I have, it's incredible how much they go to the bathroom it's well it's all colubrids amaze me you can feed them one time and they'll shit four times well, i don't no, understand like the math these in particular i don't know what it is i'm like what the hell like the yeah you know all the other ones aren't nearly as bad but these three that that came from ron allen it's like oh my god i uh i fed my pine snake normally i feed my louisiana pine like one medium rat uh, but last night I probably fed it the most natural type diet I've ever given it. I fed it five adult mice. I threw five frozen thawed adult mice in the cage and walked away. Came back, he ate them all because in the wild they live in in gopher burrows. They go down the gopher burrow mm-hmm. and they eat all the gophers in that burrow and then live there. And so they're used to eating a bunch of small meals at one time. I was like, well, let's try that. He ate all five of them in less than five minutes. Jeez. I mean, it's insane how quick he eats, but. So that was fun to watch. Just like, let's just chunk them all in there and see what happens. Yeah. Jeez, man, that's awesome. But. You need to get some bears, man. I don't. I have. Look, I had gotten out of corn snakes. I'd only had a few adults left over, and I used them for when I teach genetics. I had a, a snow, an annery, my albino diet, so I, buy, I bought a new albino just so I could teach my genetics lesson. I bring my corn snakes in to teach genetics. Uh, just to do simple punnet squares. And so my daughter was like, I want a snake. And I was like, what do you want? She wanted a corn snake. I was like, oh, shit. So we went to the Herp show in Conroe. I was vending the show. My daughter was walking around. And one of the vendors, uh, she kept going over looking at the corn snakes. And he like would talk to her. She's, at the time, I think, eight. And he's taking the time to talk to this eight-year-old about corn snakes, which first right there, I'm like, all right, you're probably going to get my business when I buy a snake for her. <laughs> um, but I walked over there, and I had never seen a an, a salmon ghost corn snake. And if you've never seen one, they're gray with pink laid over top of it. Uh, they're awesome looking. And he, he was great because he brought adults. He brought all these different adults. 
so you could see what they were going to look like. And I was like, well, that's, that's cool. And so my daughter comes to me later on. She's, he told me that he would sell me the one I want and the one you want for a hundred bucks if we buy both of them. And I think it was like 150 bucks. Like it would be 150 bucks or 160 bucks if I bought them separate. I was like, well, shit. Since so I ended up with two set, two more corn snakes. I was like, all right, I guess we're doing corn snakes again. <laughs> Do you have any, I'm like, I'm not doing... any classroom pets? No. I used to. I don't want to trust animals at, at my yeah. school or around those kids. Um, Jake, what I used are you to keep... doing? <laughs> what? Stop moving around. He's, he's, fondling, oh, geez, like, he's fondling himself. Let him fondle Jeez. himself. I wasn't fondling nothing. I didn't know there was any noise. Jeez, I'm wearing headphones. It must have been hitting my jacket. Whatever you want to call it. Just hitting the jacket. Dude, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, James. Uh, Make sure you hit mute next time you're hitting the old jacket. Yeah. So yeah, I used yeah, to keep yeah. the corn snake that my wife has in her classroom. I used to keep that in my classroom when I was at my old school. Um, I think I had my children's python there for a little while. But no, I don't. I bring animals in. Like when I teach genetics, I bring in corn snakes. When I teach classification, I teach like way more classification than anyone else does or that I actually should just because I love it. And I have kids who don't. It's amazing what inner city kids don't know about the actual or kids in general about the actual world they live in. So like us growing up watched National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Animal Planet when it was good and Steve Irwin was still alive. When any of it was actually educational. (laughs) And so we, we grew up watching lions eating stuff and all these weird animals all from across the world. Like when Planet Earth came out, it was the most mind-blowing thing for me to ever watch. I loved Planet Earth and all the different episodes. But the kids nowadays don't know any of that stuff. Like every year, I have kids that think rhinoceroses are dinosaurs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, isn't that a dinosaur? I'm like, well, first oh off, it's alive. God. Can't be a dinosaur. I'm like, second, it's a mammal. I'm like, oh, I thought rhinos were dinosaurs. Or like... They don't know narwhals are an actual thing. They've only just ever seen like cartoons. Yep. Uh, but there's just there's so many like so many of those things. Um, one girl one year thought pterodactyls were still alive. I don't. It's just it's insane what they don't know. And so when I get to classification, man, we go through we get through all everything, and then we get to animals, and I go through like all the different orders, and then I go through mammals, and we go through every different uh, family and the mammals like. I go in depth. I don't really test them that hard on it, but I'm like, oh, you're going to learn it. And so I'll bring in, like we get to reptiles, I'll bring in a lizard, a snake, and a tortoise, and we'll break it down, the similarities and the differences, and they get to see them. Uh, so that's fun to be able to bring animals in, just because like, they're going to somewhat pay attention when you take out a snake. Yeah. Uh, what's great is to see the adults, the other teachers, or like my principal, who are like afraid of them. The day I got the brittles, I left for lunch to go pick up the brittles from FedEx to bring it back. And my assistant principal, I opened the – I had it in my hand. She walked in saw it. She literally jumped over a counter and out another door. And it's little baby brittles, itty-bitty baby brittles. Uh, and so it's fun to bring animals to school and just like I, – I don't ever try and scare people. That's, I'm not that kind of person. I don't yeah, ever, no. ever use an animal to try and scare someone. But if they walk in and I'm holding it across the room and they freak out, I can't stop that. You know, there's that irrational you, you, fear. You can, you can chuckle a little bit. I do laugh at it. <laughs> but, and then, like, I do um, – last two years, we've done a big reptile day event. My, I have a reptile group I started here in uh, central Louisiana, and it's really just, like, four of us because there's not much around here. Um, but for two years now, we've done reptile day in October. at a, There's a plantation here in town, 
and they give us the the place for free. They collect the money at the gate. They get to keep that. We don't have to pay anything to use the area. And uh, we have all sorts of reptiles. We set up a whole area. It's just snakes, just lizards, tortoises, turtles. We've had alligators there from wildlife fisheries. Uh, we bring in other educational groups from outside of our area. They come in. They uh, have their animals all day long. We have crafts for kids. The first year, I think we were at like a thousand-ish people. Jeez. That was just the first year. The second year, this year, we were at like just over two thousand people. Wow. Damn. Yeah, it it was crazy. The, the, the crazy part is like, so we keep all the snakes together, uh, just so that if someone has a fear of snakes, they can still enjoy the rest of the event yeah. without having to go near the snakes. The line for the snakes, I mean, was probably to get to the first table. 30, 40 people deep all day long. And we'd walk by and talk to the folks, and no one was upset that they had to wait in line for 20, 30 minutes to get to see a snake. Like they were perfectly fine with it, mm-hmm. which was the one thing that blew my mind. Like, as much as these people, I guarantee the majority of them in that line hated snakes. They waited in wow. line for 20, 30 minutes just to see them. It's like what we were talking about with Steve, you know, the episode before last. Like, even if people are scared of them, there's just this weird curiosity oh, yeah. that they just cannot ignore. I need to get a hold of him. I need to see if he wants to come do our reptile day this year. Dude, I bet you he totally would. Let's see if you travel up. I, uh, this year, unfortunately, we did. So the first year, I have a buddy who's got an 18-foot male Burmese python. It wasn't – he didn't get an 18-foot. He, he, someone gave it to him. It was already 18-foot. He had to put it on a diet. It lost like 70 pounds because it was so overweight. But the first year we had it, we had it laid out in a room, and kids come in, and they could touch it and take pictures next to it, and it was amazing. And this year he had something come up and he had to cancel. But so next year I told him like next year I will drive down and get the snake for the day if I have to, because uh, it's a huge draw. They get to see that. I take my like eighty pound sulcata out there for folks to see. Um, we've got a buddy who's got one like a big black and white tegu, one of those rescues out of Florida that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that stuff's just, it's it's cool for everybody. They love it. And to see it in only two years have two thousand people at it is insane. I mean, because yeah. it's really put on, it's put on by like four of us. Four of us do all the planning, everything, and we get all these groups to come in and to know that, like, at the end of it, we are tired as hell, but it's awesome. Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. Um, and then I've got a buddy who's got venomous, so he brings some venomous stuff. That's always a big draw for people to see. And we don't do any, like, take it out and look at it. It's all in cages right. locked up. You can walk by and look at it. But, uh, yeah, it's a blast. And hopefully this year we can get it to, you know, 25, maybe 3,000 people. That'd be insane, but. Uh, yeah, we don't have anything like that around here, man. No, we don't. It's we bad. didn't. We what we had was we had Bug Day, and Bug Day had been going on for like seven years, and it was it was done by the Forest Service and the Kenton House, which is the plantation, and and it has a, a decent showing about what uh, in the seven or eight years of them doing it, they by like year seven or eight, they got to where we got in two years, um, but. We started going to bug day. We had a friend who was with the forestry service, and she would bring – originally it was like things that ate bugs, like in, like reptiles that ate bugs. And then it just became like just reptiles. We just had snakes, and we had all sorts of stuff. And we'd always have a huge line across the front of our tables. And finally, the, the kin house, the plantation, where we brought this idea to them. They said, yeah, it's great. And uh, I mean they love it. I mean we're, we're a big draw. We brought, like I said, we brought in 2,000 people, and it's only a dollar to get in. Like it's a dollar to get in. Uh, I think if you're under three, it's free. Nice. And so, <laughs> uh, I enjoy doing that kind. Of, that's why I got the brittles. That's why at some point I want to get a blue tongue skink. Uh, 
because to me that that's a great lizard for, for an educational stuff and and for how I keep my animals already. It, it wouldn't have to change how I keep something because um, there's, there's a lot of lizards I like, but I know myself. Mm-hmm. I can't keep them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of cool monitors, but I know that I'm not going to take the time for a monitor. I miss your mastics. I have a year. That's the one lizard I do have. I have a oscillated Euromastics. He's not a huge fan of being held. You can't hold him. He doesn't mm-hmm. really bite, but he puffs up, and he's not a big fan of it. Yeah. But he's a cool one to look at because he's he's blue and orange and red and yeah, yellow. They oscillate. They, those are amazing. They're just they're cool um, lizards, man. I don't know what it is about those in particular that I just I that was probably one of my the first lizard I ever had was a Euromastics. Oh, I mean, you're talking about a lizard that likes to bask at 120 degrees. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Although monitor folks are like, well, we keep ours up to 150. It's still crazy for me when I'm thinking my Kenyans at 95 is extremely hot. Yeah, that to me, that's, yeah, that's hot. I mean, yeah. you think about it, Euros, I mean, they're in like the harshest conditions as far as yeah. goes that you could oh, yeah. possibly experience. And they thrive in it. Yep. They're like, they're such a cool, they're, they remind me of a turtle without a shell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can of. see that. We need to do a and they, episode. They, and they and they almost don't drink, right? They mostly get their water from like vegetables and stuff. I've never seen mine drink. I have yeah. water in there because, uh, and I'm gonna, people are gonna hate me for this too. I cohab. I have a little sulcata that I had nowhere else to put it because I'm waiting for it to grow up big enough so I can put it outside. And so he lives in there. The sulcata will go and like lay in the water bowl and drink. I've never seen the Euromastics yeah, go near a water bowl. I don't bowl. think they. I never really gave mine water bowls like i'd give them i'd offer them water periodically but i also i would never see them drink well they're funny too because they like to eat like lentils like dried lentils yeah. so every now and then i'm yeah. sitting in my reptile room you go crunch 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 and look over <laughs> just munch, munching away at dried lentils I gave mine bird seed yeah. yeah to me they're cooler than bearded dragons Definitely. and my wife oh, has yeah. a bearded dragon to rescue that someone gave her for her classroom but I just think it's it's cool. Lizard. They're little dinosaurs, man. They got the tail and the wacky yeah. with it, and it hurts. <laughs> so he's cool, but I wanted something I could take for educational purposes that I could take out that's a little more impressive. Um, and and a northern, I want a good looking northern blue tongue that kind of fits my. I know I can find a million uh, like Indonesian blue tongues everywhere, um, but I want a good looking northern at some point. And uh, I, I just I don't have the patience for a monitor as much as I'd like to have a full grown savanna or a black throat mm-hmm. monitor to take stuff. I know that I can't do it the way it needs to be done. Right. Because, yes, I could get one and put it in a four foot cage and it will survive. But but that's not how it should be done. That's just right. how people have done it. And see, more people need to be like that, man. Like, it's OK to say, yeah, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, well, and see, Knowing so I've got sulcatas. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I've got sulcatas and two of mine are definitely stunted. They, they should be much, much, much bigger. And it's my fault. I kept them for years. I fed them, took care of them. They're fine. They're alive. They're doing great, but they didn't grow the way they should have. And it's obvious. But then someone gave me my like 80 pound now male sulcata. And at that point, I was like, all right, I'm about to change how I keep tortoises because I obviously can't keep this thing inside. It's 80 pounds. And so I built a whole outdoor pen. Um, and it's so much fun now to go outside and just watch these tortoises do what they do just walk mm-hmm. around, eat, and come up to you. But I see all these people buying sulcatas at a reptile show. And I'm thinking, they're not going to do that. They're going to do what I did, oh, unfortunately, that's... for years. They're, yeah. they're going to put this thing in a. And at most, a 55-gallon tank, 
with a heat light on one side, no UV, and wonder why it's all misshapen and mm-hmm. why it dies and it never gets big. Yeah. And so that scares me. Like seeing that kind of stuff at reptiles. So that's the same thing I talk about before, like with other on other podcasts. Retics scare me. Yep. Uh, so many people buy retics now. So many, man. It's uh, people are buying retics and berms for like first snakes, and yeah. that's well. That's and the problem is someone fine. and people are they're going. They're a great first snake. And look, I'm I'm not going to disagree that there are parts of a retic or berm that make them a great first yeah. snake. Yeah, they eat for the first they year. Can, yeah, they eat. They can be puppy dog <laughs> tame, and they come in great colors. Those are wonderful. But when they're 10, 11, 12 feet, that's a lot of snake. All the the rest of that temperament, all that good shit goes out the window at that point. Like My it's goods. but at that point, the negatives far outweigh the positives. Yeah, absolutely. and and that scares the shit out of me because they're not. There's not a million people buying dwarf retics. That's not what they're buying. They're buying mainland, get 18, 19 foot retics. Mm-hmm. And what worries me is you don't see that many 18 foot retics out there. So where the where the hell are they all at? That's, I mean, I know where yeah. they're at. They're dead. I mean, there's like, but, you see people producing them like crazy, like a certain individual out in California that's cranking out so I know. many well, and, retics. And, it's like, where are they all going? And he's the re, well, the, but one of the reasons why they came good, because obviously YouTube, and I talked about it on our, on our podcast. The problem with YouTube is, uh, it's not always. It's not real. Yeah, and to me, the problem is they assume that if you have the most follows, followers, you're the you best. are the expert. Yeah. Yep. No, and that I've, you're I've doing everything right. That. I've said that about like people who own storefronts. Like just because you have a pet shop doesn't necessarily mean you know what you're doing. There yeah. are plenty of good exotic pet stores that do what they're well, supposed like, to be doing, but there's a big majority of the ones I've been to, I was not impressed with. Well, and see. So when I left the zoo, between zoo and teaching, I worked at PetSmart for a while and became a manager at PetSmart. But I worked – and so when I would have to sell reptiles or fish to people, people would – like I'd give them advice, and they'd completely ignore it or look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, what the fuck? I, I just came from a zoo. Like I own 40 animals at home. I, I know what I'm talking about when I say you can't put that goldfish in a bowl. Like, don't look yeah. at me like I'm an idiot. Thank but you. But that's the problem. Like, if, if, for using that example. Thank like, God. You work at a pet store somewhere like that, like a PetSmart, and they assume, automatically assume, and don't get me wrong, a lot of the employees that work there don't know what to yeah. talk about. It's no, not I, their fault. They I've just they don't. PetSmart. I've worked at PetSmart two different locations, actually. Yeah. But yeah. but at sometimes you get someone who knows what the hell they're talking about, and it, it drives me nuts for them to yeah. not listen. You know, and they'll go, oh, I'll do it anyways. And you can't tell them. That was the one reason I was like, I got to leave this because the whole not being able to truly tell them no. Because sometimes I'll be like, no, I'm not going to sell you that. And then they complain and we have to sell them that. All you have to do is tell them they won't get their money back when it dies. A lot that, of them. That, that was my sale. Some lady wanted to buy an angelfish and stick it in a four gallon aquarium. <laughs> She's like, it'll be fine. It's just for my son. I was like, okay, but I'm going to sell this to you, but you can't return it if it dies. Look. <laughs> I had I had a kid and his mom come in because first off Louisiana I don't know how it is in South Carolina but Louisiana has five million festivals I can tell you right now this whole issue with coronavirus that's who it's killing is I'm sure there's probably seventy festivals that haven't happened because of the three weeks we've been out Jeez. but there's a there's a festival for everything I had a mom and a son come in and a little critter keeper was a baby iguana that he wanted a fair nice. oh my god I'm like who the hell He's giving away baby iguanas. And she's oh like, want to buy supplies for it. And I was like, no, you don't. You, you don't want to buy everything. I, 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 don't, I don't know where to start. <laughs> like, 
And then you know, obviously it's always that well, it won't get if we keep it in a small cage, it won't get that big. I was like, that's not how that works. That's not how that works with anything. Mm-hmm. People, because that with fish, they're always if I keep it in a small tank, it won't get big. No, it'll die early. That's what happens. It no, it's early. in its insides continue to grow when its outside doesn't, and it dies. Or like, that's how that works. <laughs> I love when they, like the fair would come in. That was when people would tell no. When people come in, they're like, we need two hundred goldfish. Nope, go away. Nope. But people would come in with the goldfish they won, and they would. I just want a bowl for this. Well, no, you can't put it in a bowl. Well, I've always put mine in a bowl. Yeah, but they die or they don't live long. Mine live for a long time. How long did it live? Six weeks. I, you realize that goldfish should live for 30 years. Well, mine never lived yeah. that long. And I'm like, yeah, I know yours never lived that long. Because you're sticking it in a fucking bowl. They're like, <laughs> it, won't get, it won't get any bigger than what it lives in. I was like, no, it'll it'll choke on its own waste and die. Like, th- that's what happens. I got a PB right back. Oh my Hope God. everything comes out all right. Yeah. Okay. So that that that's what always killed me working there. Like little little parts of me died while working there because I'm like, yes, don't don't do that. But I'm also the same one. Like I can't oversell stuff. So if someone comes in and they do want to buy what they need, I'm not gonna sell them a kit for one, ever. No, ever. No kit because any reptile kit you buy at a PetSmart doesn't have what you need. Uh-huh. And a lot of times I'll be like, all right, you can get this, but uh. You need you need bedding for your snake, and they go. What about this aspen with the snake on the back? No, no, no. Come over here. Buy this yep. for hamsters. It's cheaper. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like you need this or that. I'm like, all right, well, go to Lowe's and try. I'm like, I <laughs> I suck at that part because I mean, I don't get me wrong. I can sell a shit ton of stuff if need be, but when it comes to animals, I'm like, I'm not gonna make you go poor because because I know ways cheaper. Like reptile folks. I think true reptile folks know how to stretch some money when it comes to setting oh, up yeah. stuff. And, and I think a lot of times we get a bad rep for that. They go, well, maybe you should own the animal if you don't have the money. I'm like, shut up. I, I know what I'm doing. Like, it's, yeah, I can it's, find a way to make it work, and it will work well for the animal and for me. And sometimes even better. Yeah. Like in my case, like I've used – like I can't find a shelf that's good for adult carpets out of PetSmart. But I can go to fucking Walmart – and buy a five-tier plastic shelving unit, and oh, yeah. I got five shelves cut to size for my well, cages. You know, well, I sent you a picture. Of, you saw the picture of my perch from my uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the PVC section of Lowe's, and I was like, all right, let's figure out how I'm going to build this. And I designed it right there, and the, and that's why it's got like the weird shaped PVC parts because like those look fun. Yeah, <laughs> that looks cool. <laughs> so I designed it that way. But I mean, there's so many things that, as a reptile keeper, a large part of what I bought, especially starting out, came from a Walmart or a Lowe's. I never would go into a pet store. I didn't need a pet store. No. I don't think anything I use now actually comes from a pet store. Like, no. And that's and that's not a knock on pets. Like, There's plenty of great, small, family-run pet stores that are doing oh, yeah. their best. Of course. And it's also not a knock on the corporate ones. The corporate ones work at the, at the level that they need to work at to still be open and still sell what they got to sell. Right, but it also comes down ridiculously high. They do, but slap a snake on a bag of aspen, it's a ten dollar bag. You slap a mouse on a bag of aspen, it's a ten dollar bag, but it's five times the size of that bag with the snake on it. But I mean, and that's that's how our country works. As as annoying as it is, you you've got to be able to do the research to know that that's how it happens. And to know the workarounds. That's where it comes down to. Like, I'm, the biggest thing with any reptiles is research. Not only research what snake, what animal you want, but all the things that go with that, and then figure out how other folks are doing it. And it, 
and see what you can do to help. I mean, that's why, again, on our podcast, the big thing with us is that we want people to have these conversations with each other because on social media, there's tons and tons of people. That's tons and tons of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, find out what one person uses for a water bowl or what they use for what heat light they have found to be the best or what fixture or what substrate. And you put all that together, but that's just going to take research. Now, don't go on Facebook and just start asking, what temperature should I keep my red tail boa? Like, that's an easy fix. Like, you can Google the shit out of that. Yeah. That drives me nuts. GTS, Google that shit. Yeah, people that just the lack of footwork they want to do themselves. But, I mean, go to a Facebook group and and go to, if if you got a boa, go to a boa Facebook group and type in substrate or type in bedding and see what other posts people have made about Mm -hmm. substrate or bedding. And then message somebody individually. Look, hey, you're using that. Do you still like it? Have you changed it? You know, that kind of stuff. Just people have got to talk to folks. There was some kid who posted in the uh, in the Boyga group, and they wanted basically people to type them out a care sheet in the comments, and I sent them a link to Google, and they got really upset about it. <laughs> That's yeah, they did. That was well, funny. Well, they want immediate immediate answers. Well, I think too, it's people. Part of it, I mean, maybe it's not out of like laziness entirely. There is a degree of that. But it is. I think a part of it too is people feel like their situation is different from others that they've read about, and so they feel that there needs to be some sort of specified answer, even if it's not a specified question. Where they they feel like maybe their circumstances are different, and so they have to have like ask this question. Well, and I get it too. From I understanding wanting to ask the person you know that owns that animal. Because you want to ask someone who has it instead of just finding a random care sheet on the internet. I get that. But come into it with that care sheet knowledge already and ask specific questions. You know, mention, all right, I understand that you, I need to have the temperature between here and here. What do y'all find to be the best source for heat? Right. And that's fine. Like I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. Because that's like, okay, I've read, but I want to know, you know, maybe it was an old care sheet or something. And people were like, well, what's the standard now? Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Cause you know, yeah, I'm sure even now, like if you go on a lot of the places for just, if you type in carpet Python care and on Google, you know, you're still going to find places, plenty of places that tell you they need to be kept at 90 to 92 degrees. Yeah. And that's just simply too hot. You know, it's, and that's, that's very old, old school thought. You well, know? I remember when like, I got into a boa constrictors, boa constrictors, the hot spot was like 95 and I'm like, and now I'm like, damn, that's hot. I don't think I have my, any of my thermostats other than Samboa's over 88. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. most of that stuff is cranked pretty low, and they do great at it. Yeah. And that's so, what I prefer. My carpet's at 86 to 88 is my money spot. You I think know? I put my brettles, I knocked the thermostat to 83 because I figured right up next to the heat pad or here, the heat panel it'll get pretty warm. And then the thermostat is on the back wall, like, six inches down from the therm- from the heat panel. Mm-hmm. And I was like... My two biggest don't even have heat at all. They're at whatever the room is. See, I can't do that. That's, that's, I, have, I'm fat and I care. sweat and I can't do that. They don't have any heat. Like, my room is, is not an ambient room. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They don't have a heat. That's because they're, bu- they're bulletproof. They do they fine. They Morelia. It's just, which is weird when you think about an animal that comes from – because we're talking about Euromastics earlier, coming from an area that's super harsh mm-hmm. and very hot, which is basically what brettles do. They come from an area that's super harsh and very hot, and yet they do fine at cooler temperatures. Like 
just because it's hot there doesn't mean that that's like they didn't choose it to be hot. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just hot there. Well, that's that's the thing I've learned the most with chondros is like operational temperatures is kind of what is what I call it. You know, nocturnal animals aren't operating in the middle of the day when it's ninety five degrees outside. They're yeah, and, at night and when it's actually the lowest it could be in that twenty four hour. And period. it may be one hundred and twenty in the middle of the day in uh, Alice Springs. But that brittles isn't wandering around right then. Right. That's no. not, that's not a basking temperature. That's uh that's what how hot it is that day. That's a go hide temperature. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it comes out to bask when it's cooler. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's why I keep a lot of my stuff on the cooler and like chondros and stuff. I just like they're not operating at higher temperatures. They're operating at much more like what we would find comfortable. Yeah. Like and see, and that's the, that's where if someone wants to ask questions like on Facebook about that. I'm okay with that question. Like I get that, but don't just come out here and say, "What temperature should I keep?" Come out and show me that you've done some research. Mm-hmm. I found this and this. What have y'all found to be the best option? Those are the kinds of questions I think like, you've got to show. There's plenty of people out there that will, will answer your questions no matter what. Spoon feed it. And there's people on on the other side that are like, "I need to see some evidence that you are trying." Yep. I am trying, Jane. <laughs> I'm trying. I swear. I, pro- I swear it's the promises. I'm trying. How's the pod- was, How's the podcast been going? It's fu- it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, we work around Carly's schedule because I'm a teacher, so I'm off on the weekends. That's super easy. Uh, but she works healthcare. She works at a um a nursing home, and so she works weird hours. And we and we work find ways to work around it, and it's worked out so well. We've we've done nine episodes so far. Well. <laughs> there are eight episodes to listen to. <laughs> I remember there, that. <laughs> there is there is the lost Cody and Pia. Well, it's really just a Cody episode. Pia is there, <laughs> and that episode I'm telling you is almost five hours long. Oh my god! Yeah, I I love I love Cody, and I'm telling you his stories are amazing. And for like your podcast or other like that, that's one big difference between our podcast and. Uh, yours is a great interview style podcast and the other ones are great interview style podcast. And when I decided to make my own, I was like, I don't want to do what yeah, they do. Yeah. They're already doing it. Uh, the whole goal behind mine was I want to be kind of like the weekend update of podcasts. Like this is what's happening this week in the hobby. And we'll pull from your podcast. We'll pull from YouTube. We'll pull from Facebook. Um, that doesn't work with Cody because Cody's just story, story, stories. Yeah. And they're great stories. Mm-hmm. They're great stories. I'm not, again, not knocking them at all. Um, but it, if anybody's looking for that episode, it doesn't exist because what happened when, at the end of the episode, because first off, it, it, we couldn't get them to connect the way we normally record because Cody and Pia live in the in bumfuck yeah. nowhere. Like it's, um, and then we did get it to work. I was like, all right, I think I've got it recording correctly. We went through the whole thing. I went back to listen to it, and there's these large gaps of no talking. Then I realized, oh, shit, that's me. None of my vocals recorded. Oh. and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" I just, I, I was felt so bad. Or you hit the record button, rookie, rookie mistake, well, Lewis. Well, the problem was when I did, when I looked at it, it was recording all of their sound, and now I thought it was recording it mine. Yeah, you gotta play it back to make sure. And so it just that killed me. That's my biggest um, fear: is us doing that with somebody like. Jack Vicente oh. or something recording like yeah. an hour and a half of that and then going back and realizing that I did not press a button or set a setting right and it got none of us or none of them. 
I said, and, and Cody, and y'all had him on. He was took forever on y'all's too, because that's how he is. He doesn't. I have found when Cody tells a story, he tells eighty percent of that story, and somewhere around the eighty percent point, it jumps him into another story. Yep. So he never finishes that story right then there. He may yep. circle back around and finish it, but he circles back around and finishes it while telling another one. So there's no jumping in point. He's a is is a marathon of just Cody. And they're amazing stories, so you don't want to inter- interrupt. And he's super passionate about what he's talking about and super knowledgeable about what he's talking about. But for my podcast style, for what I wanted for the Reptile Gumbo podcast, it didn't really fit. And again, that's I don't want anybody to go, well, he just went ahead and put that out there. Because no, I would gladly have put out all five hours, but you're going to get a big chunk of it where there's nothing and people responding to me talk and you can't hear me. Well, and what you could also do, sucked. I guess, if you're willing to do it, is like – record I mean, over I, the whole thing and just ask the questions that you maybe had asked if you remember them. I thought about it at the moment. The problem is a lot of it isn't questions that I ask. It's just I chime in with Cody talking, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I said because yeah. there's a lot of Cody. I, at some point, I may release just like the Cody parts. Like just, just the Cody. That's probably still four hours. But just, just make, the Cody just talking part. Just make it up as you go, man. You know, just see see what questions you could ask and what flows with what he's saying. You know, just just make it up, man. Come on. It uh, it was a long podcast. It was a long podcast. Like I said, yeah. my my main goal was to be very much a uh, and you were on it, Justin. Um, it is is a, just a weekly update. Just what's going on in the hobby. And chime in with with what we think. And the reason, and I've said it before, the reason I chose um, Carly as my as my go co-host is because of who she is and how she is. I didn't need someone like me who's been in the hobby for almost twenty years. I didn't need that. I already had that. I needed somebody who, like Carly, has only been in it for two or three years, only has four snakes, and does everything for those four snakes and sets has, them up in these yeah, great closures. Like the other perspective, like the other, yeah, the different side of it, a different angle. And and she's been great. It's she's always so self conscious about it. Like she's afraid of embarrassing herself in front of folks like you guys or like uh, Eric Burke or some of these other big names. Like like and I always try to tell her all of those people were where you are now. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. there at it some point. It gets easier as you go. And I try to tell her, like all the mistakes you've made. I guarantee we've made them and worse. Like her her one worst mistake was she got a king snake in. It never ate for her. It ended up dying. I was like, that's great. I killed an entire litter of rainbow boas because I forgot to give them water. I was like, <laughs> yeah, we've trust all, me. You're, we, yeah, we've all made Your mistakes aren't as bad as the rest mistakes. of us. Um, your episode for us is currently in second place. What? Uh, but it's going to be overtaken by Owen at some point, I think. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Joe is still in first place. Although he was our first podcast. But, mm. but Owen's got very popular. That one rose quickly. But it's Owen. So I, I enjoy having the different guest co-hosts on each week. Like having, I'm going to have Jacob on at some point um, just because each week it gives us a different perspective on the questions. Uh, this last week was really cool. Um, we had um, – oh, my brain – Adam – I know I feel horrible because my brain just went blank. My brain is not working on this, this whole coronavirus thing. My brain shut down when they were like, all right, guys, we're out of school. Like, <laughs> Wait, what? I don't have to think now. Uh, Adam Wickens from Wickens Wicked Reptiles because I always like I always talk about his videos on YouTube and so we had him on this past week and it was really cool getting his perspective on a lot of stuff especially since he's on YouTube all the time um, and so I, I've enjoyed it it's been a blast 
I just hope people nice. like listening to it. <laughs> That's yeah. the other way. Like every now and then we'll get a message from somebody who's like, oh, I really love that episode. And I'm thinking, you, you sat there and listened to me talk for two hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? And you enjoyed it? <laughs> like, my wife just started listening to my podcast. She's almost caught up now, but like I've been doing it for a month and a half before she listened to the first episode. And she's married to me. <laughs> so it, it just always amazes me. And like I said, and Carly, the excitement she brings and the enthusiasm she brings to the whole podcast is great because I've got a very jaded side. I've been around long enough that I try not to be, but it's there. We can't help it. At some point, you become jaded on some of the stuff. But she's not there. And so it's great to have that chime in every now and then. It's fresh. Yes. That and I get to make fun of her for two hours every week, so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, how, how can you not? Much yeah. love, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, 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 like I said, anybody that's ever met Carly, like, it's, She's it's hard fantastic. to explain. It's her enthusiasm, her excitement, it's contagious. I mean, yeah, I don't know how much you remember, Jacob, because you were man. pretty... You okay. were All right. Face, I, I remember. I, I, I got to hang out the day before. Okay, thank you. I, I got there before you did. Hey, J- Jacob, so remember when y'all were playing uh, Cornhole and you lost? Do you remember any of that? Yeah, I remember all – yes, yes. Do you remember, like, when Billy kept throwing the beanbags at your nuts? Vaguely. Nope. Vaguely. Uh, I was going to tell you, it, it wasn't only Billy. Huh? It wasn't only Billy. Oh, yeah, I remember you throwing. I remember you throwing stuff at me. You guys uh, were all throwing stuff at me. Billy Where did you end up that night? My Jeep. Him and him and Andy Middleton uh, were were cuddled oh, up nicely in, that's in cute, Jake's Jeep. It's a cute little couple. Little, that was two, the first night. The guys. second that that was the first night. The second night I slept in um, slept in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I though I told Justin the worst part about that whole thing was I didn't get to talk to nearly as many people as I wanted to. Like I barely talked to Justin while I was there. Yeah, he did. Uh, I, was, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, I was man. my problem was like I was inside. Told I, me to. Well, and I couldn't pull myself away from the collection inside. Like once once it emptied out and there were very few people in there, and I could just walk around and really just look at everything. I was in there for a big chunk of the night because I mean, how when am I going to get that close to a black mamba? Really? Yeah. Right. So, Especially but yeah, I wish I had talked to more folks. Oh yeah, Freaking yeah, that that, that collection's insane. That and the fact gross. that the fact that what we saw in those few rooms is not all of what they have is the insane part. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, because they had man. just gotten something new. I can't remember what it was, but I was like really excited to see it. And then I remembered it's probably in their room. I'll know, say their bedroom's room. another Montane yeah. room. Yeah. Because they got some new stuff. Oh, it was. Uh, I think they got some of those Pariah Schultz eye, if I'm not mistaken. I was really excited to see that. That's probably one of my favorite species as far as like arboreal vipers go. Yeah. And uh, it was in like the the forbidden zone. <laughs> the forbidden zone. They yeah, also, I, uh, I, I wouldn't want to go in Cody's bedroom. Well, they also have a Gila monster. Did you, the, did you see the Gila monster? Oh yeah. Yeah. I want a Gila monster. <laughs> I want. I want one. Yeah. I think. I think if I can, if I get the money, I, I, my wife will let me have one. So, I think at some point I may get one because it's it's fairly easy to get venomous stuff. As as your buddy told you, it's fairly easy to get venomous stuff here in Louisiana and get a permit for it. Yeah, we're we're not like Florida. <laughs> well, here it's even oh, easier. There, you just gotta like have a pulse, right? As long as you have a yeah, pulse, you can much. have a yeah, pretty much a pulse in a wallet. Yep. 
it's i remember the first time i went to a hot show i went to it was when daytona still had a hot show done at the same time hmm. um it was the last year they did it which i think was oh five uh so you had the 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 main uh, reptile show and then you had to go outside and upstairs into another room and pay to get into the venomous show um I remember walking in there and seeing like a boom viper on a table for 65 bucks thinking, holy shit, it's only 65 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then I got to thinking, well, that makes sense. Supply and demand. I mean, these things have lots of babies. They're the ball pythons so, of venomous. Well, yeah. And, and the supply is a, a lot and the demand is not that much. So yeah, they have to be 65 bucks. You can't ask 650 bucks for it. There's only a handful of people buying them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nowadays, though, I feel like you're not even a keeper if you don't have a gaboon. I do want one at some point. I've been told I can't have any venomous until our daughter goes away. So I've got what she's nine. I got nine more years, and then I'm getting a gaboon. I used to nine more years. You don't know she's gonna be there with you until she's forty. No, no, her her ass is going to college in nine years. She's getting out of here. (laughs) But I miss not working at a zoo. I do miss working with venomous. Um, I never had to work with a lapids other than um. Coral snake. Uh, so I worked with, you know, big uh, diamondback, big um, cane break. We had a decent uh, gaboon. She's much bigger now. She's probably six foot and as big around as like a like one of those three liter like Pepsi bottles, like a big one. Damn. Uh, yeah, they sent they sent her off to one zoo for a while, and then they she came back, and when she came back, she was massive. Um, but she she was funny. We got her in. And she didn't eat for nine months. We used to have to catch her by hand and give her injections. Jeez. Um, and then one day she's like, I'm done starving. And she became a bottomless pit. Jeez. But I do. I miss working with venomous. I miss working with crocodilians so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could own a Chinese alligator, I'd have it. Nice. Why? They don't get as big as Americans. They're fairly calm. They're this cool, like, gray and black banded color. They have these little smushed alligator faces. They're awesome. We had one at the zoo. I loved that thing. I would use it for education programs. I'd go catch it. And it would, like, you just catch it. Like, you walk into the enclosure, just pick it up. I mean, he was probably three and a half foot. He didn't care. I was like, I, I want that. And I think max size for those guys is pushing, like, six foot. That's not too bad. Yeah. The problem is they're sighties. They're protected. Like you can get them, but there's a lot of shit and they'd be super expensive to try and get one. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably not going to happen. And I keep telling my wife, I'm going to buy a house that has a, a swimming pool, an in-ground swimming pool. And then I'm going to just turn it into an alligator exhibit. And she's like, no, if we have a pool, we're going to use it. I was like, I'll build you an above ground pool and then we'll have an alligator exhibit in the in-ground pool. Yep. Yeah. She's yep. not going for that. Compromise. No. Boo. Because, like, I, I, I miss like, you know, you go to the zoo and you see someone cleaning an uh, like a lion yard, and you, you know, the lion's not in there. It's locked up inside. The person just cleaning the yard. I'd be cleaning like the Nile crocodile pool, and people would just walk by and assume the Nile crocodile's on there. And they go, oh no, it's right over there. I'd, I'd call their attention to it. I want you to know that I'm in here and it's there. I'm better than the lion keeper. I'm, <laughs> I'm in here with it. I point. I would point out that it's. The, I mean. It was obvious one day because one day the Nile came after me, and that I almost shit myself. But yeah, going in, I miss working with crocodilians. They're they're a ton of fun. You can feed your husband to one like Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> see, I don't need to see the show. I understand. I understand that reference without ever seeing the show. Oh my god! I fully understand everything that has happened. That I've seen the meme. I've heard people talk Carol about it. Carol Baskin. <laughs> 
You know, I started playing PUBG Mobile on my phone again. You know what my my little name tag thing is? Carol fucking Baskins. Carol Baskin. <laughs> so yeah, it says Carol you were killed Baskin. by Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Carol. Uh, see, I, like I said, I don't have to waste any time. You've helped me. I now know the whole show. Dude, no. It oh, has to man. it has to be experienced. That was like uh we were talking to Adam Wickens on our episode on episode uh, last week. He saw he had watched like the first three episodes and there's apparently like a drug dealer on there. He's like, Yeah, the drug dealer is the one with his shit together the most on the show. I was like, yeah. it's bad when the drug dealer has his shit together more than anybody else. He like killed a federal yeah. agent or something like that, and everyone just gla- like glosses over that fact. <laughs> he didn't feed it to a t- tiger, so <sighs> I don't know. So I thought the most cool. normal, like, well-adjusted one of the bunch was the guy who was missing his legs. Dude, that's what I said. I, I wanna, said he I seems chill like with the, that guy. He seems that guy like seems, the most like yeah. civil one there. I just not the guy. I, I'm, I'm ashamed with a lit for, cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> I'm ashamed for humanity that that show exists. Yeah. Like I every time where I'm like, where I'm like, man, we can't get lower in life at what we'll watch. I don't think Netflix is like, yes, we can. I don't, I don't think it's a, a thing of like us being proud of it. It's a fact of like, this is this is this is real. This happened. That's sad. Like, That's sad. But I do agree with folks when they say, you know, if it was the '70s and '80s and they had reality TV, the reptile community would have their own show because that shit would have been crazy. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tom, Tom Crutchfield's life was made for that show. He's just too old now to. You Tom have, Crutchfield is in. The I heard he's games. in it. I heard he's like in it. Thirty you, seconds in the beginning. Yeah, it would all have to be reenactments now. But you were, if you were to reenact his life, that show would be amazing. He was yeah. on that show, uh, Locked Up Abroad, for an episode. Well, it's funny. My wife read the, the Lizard King at one point. Yep. It I was like after we after we had gone to Daytona for the first time. I took her to Daytona, and she read The Lizard King. She, she goes, she stops in the middle of the book. She goes, wait a minute. I know this name. I think it was um, it was Bob Clark. And she goes, yep. I know that. I'm like, mm. I'm like, yeah, you met him. I was like, keep reading. You're going to know most of those names. Yeah. They were there. That's why I was so Jeez. fascinated. Like, Phil used to work for Strictly. Strictly, yeah. And so I was like, dude, how nuts was it? He's like, you have no idea. Oh man! Like he's got stories, stories that he won't tell us on like an episode of Snakes and Stogies. But he's like, dude, I don't believe him. That that whole thing's around people getting murdered and drugs and guns. I'm like, I wouldn't (laughs) want to tell anybody anything either. (laughs) I enjoy living. I think he he mostly worked with the junior though. He didn't do much with senior. I don't think senior was junior much. I mean, junior was still yeah. He, he wasn't clean either. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that like I said, if you were to do reenactments of all that stuff, that would make it for an amazing show. Well, Phil was saying too, like that 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 whole documentary, uh, the Tiger King was originally supposed to be talking about, I think, reptile people. He was he had mentioned something about, you know, that that whole thing was supposed to be up. <laughs> But that guy showed up at Crutchfield's place with the snow leopard in the van. You know, whether that was probably for, you know, hey, the camera's going to be here, bring your snow leopard. Uh, yeah. And it, it, 
it was all shot over a course of like a handful of years, so I doubt it was. I don't know if it was actually intended to be us originally, like the hobby, but well, I don't know. I wouldn't be part, surprised if they were like, cool. "Hey, we got a whole other group of crazies we can focus on." <laughs> well, a big part of me is glad that they didn't focus on our group of crazies because that we they don't need to give that ammo to Peta and everybody else. Nope. I mean. People already dislike us enough. We don't need to give them actual reasons. Just, yeah, I'd, ra- I'd much rather than hate Carol Baskin. Giving the morons we don't want to have the camera. The camera. But you know what's crazy? I guarantee, guarantee people watch that Tiger King shit and go, they see like a tiger cub and go, oh, I want a tiger with no thought of how fucking stupid that comment is. Mm-hmm. But if you were to show someone with a ball python, kill it. Kill it now. Yeah. Where's like, Carol fuck? fucking Baskin? Carol fucking Baskin, kill that goddamn all python. Where's Carol Baskin when you need her? Feed that ball python to a tiger. What? Okay. Well, never mind. I was going to say something, but it might spoil it for people who haven't watched it, so I won't say anything. Spoil it. I figure if they haven't watched it at this point, they're they're not—they're like me. They're choosing not to. So, like the—the biggest mystery out of that whole thing isn't where Homegirl's husband went. It was the fact that how are you in a gay relationship? For 16 years and not gay. Yeah, that was didn't like, make After, like, I heard that, I was like, what? Well, if he's, How? The, he's, How? The, he's How? the pitcher. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're the pitcher, and maybe he didn't kiss him on the lips. Maybe that's his. No, they definitely no. did. No, no, he's gay then. They, they showed it. <laughs> no, he's gay then. That's... I was, that was like the one thing. Well, after Joe for over, a woman. I was like, How? How do you. <laughs> do that for 16 years like that's well here's the thing drugs. we've already established meth and, that meth and tigers we've already established they're not sane so yeah, it takes a crazy I'm, person to make that comment i'm looking for logic where it doesn't exist i don't know there's no logic there meth and tigers that is the logic <sighs> fucking tigers but see here's the problem Netflix, full of amazing documentaries on nature. Probably full of amazing documentaries on tigers. I guarantee no one that's watched fucking Tiger King is searching for that documentary. You know why? Because no one got eaten. Carol fucking Baskin. Carol fucking Baskin. (laughs) That's what you need to do. Carol fucking Baskin needs to go to Asia and look for endangered tigers. Then someone will watch and care about endangered tigers. Yep. Uh, just to be like one of the employees that wasn't really involved in it, just to be a fly on that that whole fucked up wall. No, uh, no, that Man. wall's probably too damn nasty to be on. Forget the, fuck that wall. Yeah. No, no, no amount of Lysol will clean that wall for me to want to be on it. <laughs> what a strange, strange. I feel like coronavirus situation. shows up to any of those folks and says, "Fuck this! I'm not infecting these people. We're gone." <laughs> this will handle itself. <laughs> They'll get eaten by a tiger. They don't need me to speed this up. Nah. Care fucking Baskin will take care of it. <laughs> yeah. the, the reunion episode in a year is just piles of tiger shit in Carol Baskin's yard. Here's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure she regrets doing that that whole documentary because I, I, I'm assuming oh, yeah. she went I, into it saying, people will see the hero that I am and ended up coming out like, yo, you're guilty as shit. Oh, you're yeah, like the OJ of the it. decade. Mm. Depending on how many zeros are in her bank account now, we'll determine whether or not she gives a shit about what happened on that she episode. She was making bank off of the freaking park before the documentary showed up. Did you see where I saw something where it said OJ said Carol Baskins was guilty? I'm like, he would yeah, know. Right. Yeah. 
the pro himself. Oh, Tigers uh, don't wear yeah. gloves, thank God. <laughs> if the paw don't fit, you must acquit. And they don't drive white Broncos. They eat white Broncos. This is true. Or husbands. <laughs> I just, man, like I said, I don't know how to describe it. I couldn't tell you why it's worth watching. I think it's just because the whole thing it's is, not. The whole thing is just so out there that it's like... There are, there are many hours of David Attenborough documentaries on Netflix that are definitely worth watching before you ever, ever <laughs> click on know, Tiger man. King. It's such... It's just... Every episode, you're like, man, this couldn't get any weirder. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. There it always more. gets weirder. Yeah. It never it's stops. It's just a rabbit hole that's just like... Holy shit! I'll, I'll pass. Oh. I'll just I'll just keep checking on my pregnant snakes and hey, watching the practical joke. I will strap you to a chair and make you watch all seven episodes. That's whoa! Seven hours. Hey, I'm not into that stuff. Seven hours he might of like Carol it. He might, he, he might like it. So I, I would I would you ain't, you ain't strapping me to nothing, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fight I'd actually like to see. <laughs> yeah, all oiled up <laughs> and in a pool. Wait, what? <laughs> With tigers, you look like look like <laughs> two be like two gorillas covered in baby oil trying to wrestle. Yeah, I bet you'd like watching that, Jake. Yeah, Jake's you just know, jealous. You know, I would. I would pay for that. Are you kidding me? Well, now that I'm deeply disturbed. Yep. Anyways, where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, at my house for the next month. I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, nice. uh, you can find me at simply underscore serpents on Instagram when I do put stuff on Instagram, which is not as often as it should. Uh, simply serpents on Facebook, or you can do the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, or the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Facebook, or email me at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at Gmail. I was super exa- excited to get the the whole thing, the whole title, so I didn't have to go, you know, Reptile Gumbo Podcast yeah. without the on it. It just sounded weird, yeah. but I'm. I'm looking forward to I've got we're, we record again on Saturday. And I'm looking forward to our guest <laughs> as long as it follows through and it happens, which should. It's someone y'all know. They're in California and they uh uh they enjoy a good time. Carol fucking Baskin? No, it's, not Carol, it's not Carol fucking Baskins. <laughs> Is it Sir Jimison? No. I I already had Riley on. Uh yeah, Riley's been on. Oh, who is it? Oh, uh, I know who it is. Wheeler. They in, yeah, oh, it is Wheeler. Wheeler. Ah. I'm, I'm excited about that. I yeah, haven't I seen him. Out in Cali, so. I haven't seen him since Tinley, and that was that was a fun trip. Wheeler's great, man. I love that guy. Which I'm hoping to do Tinley. They moved it to this summer, and like I'm <laughs> not gonna actually do that. It's during the summer. Yeah. So I'm hoping we go to go to Tinley in June. Hell yeah, man. At some point, I'll make it back to Daytona. Come on. You need to come visit us. I haven't been to Daytona since '09, so fun I gotta get back too late. I heard it's getting bigger. Yeah, that's what she said. I need to. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I need to see if I can go this year. I gotta. I don't know. To Daytona? Yeah, I want to. But... Is, there, is there gonna be a mad rush for cigars and you can't make it? No, but I'm gonna have to have time off for the wedding and stuff in October, and so I don't. I don't know. See, you don't. That, you don't, that's your, you don't that's have your own, my boss, so you don't know what it's like. That is your own damn fault, because what I did when I got married was I got married the week before Daytona, so that I could honeymoon in Daytona. Boom. Yeah, I'm not honeymooning in Daytona. 
Well, we honey, we got married, and then we went to Disney World for her, and Sea World for her, and then we went to Daytona for she at the beach, and I got Daytona that weekend. So it was a whole long week. She got her stuff, I got my stuff, because we only got so much vacation time. We both worked at the zoo. We took it off at the same time, and that way I still got Daytona, which is the last time I went was '09 when nice. I got married. Nice. So I honeymooned at Daytona Reptile Expo. Do you have any advice nice, after man. being married for ten years? To young bloods like me and, and brats. I mean, get married. Well, you will you'll be always, eventually. You'll always know. hear like the, the "she's always right" thing, and that, that's never been a me. Like, no, the right person is always right. Like, and if you're <laughs> if you're married to the right person, they'll also understand the right person is always right. You're walking like, on dangerous ground, Lewis. You're gonna get some people. No. <laughs> At some point, like I, I I was lucky enough. I'll tell you this: make sure if whoever you're marrying. They're your best friend. Even it makes it a million even, times easier. Even if it's Carol fucking Baskin. Oh well, God. make sure she no. got so many tigers. But <laughs> you know, you'd have game. to have millions for that, Smitty. You don't have enough money. Also, it, it helps to make sure that they they like snakes. That does help. Yeah. I mean, all right, man. It, it would make it would make my relationship very weird if she didn't like them at all. <laughs> There's so. a level of tolerance you have to find in one. Yeah, yeah. my wife didn't like snakes at all before we met. And Ooh. I told her when we got together, I was like, I'm only going to get more. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Be ready. <laughs> yeah. Alright, man. We appreciate well, we... you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I had a blast. Yeah, man. We had fun. We've uh, been a long time coming. Glad we finally got to, got to get you on here. And at some point in the near future, Jake, I'm going to have you on our podcast because we already yeah. had Justin and it was okay. Yeah. But Sorry. I was yeah. going to save the best for last. So that, that, <laughs> that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> so, all right, guys. <laughs> all right, man. Take it easy. So, Talk yeah. to you later. Yeah, man. Bye. Bye. Oof. Jakey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy. You're so far away. I know. It's so weird. Anyways, this is episode but... 74. We have to thank our sponsors, MP Cages yes. and Exotics, Rax Cages. If you need it, hit Sean up. If you can dream it, he can build it. He makes mm-hmm. incredible cages. I'm very happy with my rack. I'm very anxious to get more from him. Yes, he makes amazing stuff. I have mine. Set up and running in my kitchen currently. I haven't had time to rearrange my entire reptile room, but that is coming this weekend. So that is on the agenda. But yes, very good. Very, very good quality racks. And after you're done buying yourself a new cage or rack, why don't you go try some of Steve Sanctuary's hot sauce? Venom sauce. Venom he actually sauce. Has a new He's coming out, out with a new flavor. And I'm yeah. very anxious to try it. I need to hit him up. And get my hands yeah. on some. Tell him we'll do it. We'll do another video if he sends us a bottle. Mm. <laughs> but yes, check out Steve with Steve Snakeshuary and his line of Venom Sauce. And his new flavor is only going to be available for a limited time, if I believe. Um, so check that out. I can't remember. I might be wrong on that, so don't. I'm curious don't to, me to on know it. what flavor this one's going to be. 
He posted about it the other day. I don't think he, I don't was. think it listed the what flavor it was though. I think it just listed like it gave he gave the name, I guess. Yeah, but no, it gives... he didn't give the name the flavor. Secrets. Yeah. Secret secrets. Let's see. I'm gonna try and pull it up. Uh Oh wait. It is a limited yeah. edition. This one is an eleven out of ten. Yes. Yes, it's the polyvalent anti anti venom hot sauce. But I don't <laughs> Does it say so. yeah, it doesn't say like what flavor it's supposed to be. So maybe it's just good old fashioned burn your nuts yep. off hot sauce. Yep. It's it's extremely limited, y'all, so don't Don't sleep Don't sleep on don't sleep on it. Word. Have but, to give a shot. Um, yep. Subscribe if this is your first time. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Herpeticulture Podcast. Follow me at Palmetto Coast Exotics. Follow me at Follow me at JLB Morelia. Also across all platforms. You know. All right, everybody. We'll holler at y'all next week. Thank you. I don't know how to say I don't know how to say bye across the phone. Say you just say bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. Bye, Justin. <laughs> I, I love you. <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody later. <laughs> All right. Later. Bye. Bye.